Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Prince Podcast. My name is Michael Dean, and we got a special summit today. This is I'm, I'm calling this the uh, Black Men Summit. How about that? Mm-hmm. So, we got we got some grown folks on the line, and then you got me. You <laughs> 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 always got to have a fool, somebody. But uh, no, for real. We got a very special show uh, lined up, and I'm not going to waste a lot of time. I want to get right into it. Uh, we want to welcome the. I want to welcome my OG. You know, we're going we're gonna to call him OG today, but Mr. Andre Simone, sir, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for coming on. Uh, let me say this: the last time, actually, you've been on this show a couple times, but the first time mm-hmm. you came on. That show really set us off, man. Um, one of our biggest shows ever. Uh, a lot of people listen to that. I still get people saying, "Man, uh, that wasn't long enough, Mike. Like y'all could have just uh, kept it going." I was like, "This show was three hours, man." Yeah. But but it was some good stuff. <laughs> so that yeah. was, that was a blessing. Thank you for that. And um, my pleasure. All right. And also joining me, uh, of course, is Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. Got a chance to listen to the new music. Uh, I like what I heard, and I'm looking forward to getting this with Andre. For sure. For awesome. sure. All right. And also, Mr. Q-Storm. Sir, how are you doing? Doing good. I'm just, I'm just privileged to be a part of this conversation. Oh, man. We, we all got something to contribute, and uh, you know, hopefully we can... We can get some good dialogue going. All right. So, of course, uh, this is the Prince Podcast and, and is named as such. And as we talked about on the, the last time Andre was on here, you really broke down and shared some great stories uh, mm-hmm. with, with Prince and, and just really kind of put a real human, you know, reality side to, you know, the superstar and icon sort of thing. But, man, I got to keep it. 100 uh, and I feel like I'm supposed to say like uh, I'm sorry to you or like that you know what I mean I'm trying to you know I'm just keeping it serious but that was your man you know what I'm saying like like for me yeah, I'm a fan guy. yeah so guy. I mean how do you, how are you doing with all the stuff man you know I gotta say it's it's been it's been extremely 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 well I mean I I've I don't think a day goes by that I really don't I have a hard time believing that it's 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 real. I mean literally this I think this morning I, I was you know um uh I was in the car getting something out of my car. And you know I mean I you know when you when you're that when you you know I guess that close with somebody there's a lot of little things that you don't think you know kind of uh you know bring back memories, you know um mm-hmm. one of the things he used to do that that you know was you know, it was really funny to me was, was, uh, when he was in the car, instead of just reaching over, like, you know, like most people doing it and shutting the door, he'd stick his foot out, kick the door and make the door fly back. So he didn't have to reach over, you know? <laughs> so that, that, that just, that, that popped in my head and it kind of made me laugh and then it made me sad at the same time. So it's little stuff like that, that, you know, still, you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with, but, you know, I really miss the brother. Um, you know, I really, really, I think, you know, him being gone, you know, um, 
you know, I've had a, a, a lot of, um, you know, personal, personal revelations about, you know, he and I and, and sort of, you know, what we did as musicians and mm-hmm. how we were when we were growing up. Cause obviously, you know, I stopped doing interviews. I think I told you that the last time in 85 and, uh, you know, obviously started, you know, talking to people again about the music that I was doing with the last album that I released. And so, um, but I've done a couple of in, uh, interviews, you know, pertaining to Prince and him being gone, you know, um, you know, not many, but I've done a few, um, but it's, it's really just making me realize, you know, for one thing, just how amazingly talented he was. I mean, right. I always knew how talented he was because, you know, we were in a, we were in the same band and I was around him and I'd see him all the time. And, you know, we practice and we play and we jam and, you know, I always took it for granted, you know? Um, and then, you know, obviously when I split, you know, I stopped listening to his music and, you know, really got into, you know, doing my own thing, which, you know, obviously is understandable. But, you know, and the only time I really got a chance to really kind of get back in his music was when he would call me and say, you got to hear this album. He'd call me, you know, when, uh, you know, like Sign of the Times and say, you got to hear this album. And we'd sit down, he'd play me, you know, at the time it was like a four or five album set or something like that. He'd play me a, a, just a gang of songs. And then, you know, when he was doing the Batman thing, he played me. But that was the only time I'd really catch in hmm. to what he was doing. And so um, since, since then, you know, um, you know, the revolution asked me to do the tribute with them. Um, and I had to, you know, they asked me to, you know, go back and learn a few songs because we did some of the songs that, um, you know, that I did when I was in the band and they said, Hey, do you mind, you know, maybe singing a couple of these other songs? I'm like, yeah, no, no problem. And so I had to go and learn them and they didn't realize that I never knew them because I, you know, some of them I hadn't, and they, you know, I mean, you know, the hits, I just hadn't, you know, they really hadn't gotten in my, um, you know, sort of, you know, I I really kind of focus on, you know, working on the stuff I'm working on, whether it was Adam Ann or Jody Watley or whatever I was working on at the time or myself, I was really focused on that and didn't have a chance to hear that. But going back and hearing it, I missed out. I mean, that brother was hot as a pistol. (laughs) And I feel, now I feel, I feel, I feel so bad because I didn't get a chance to really let him know from my little perspective, just how much he was, he was, you know, on point. Right, I mean, it's right. just, you know, I listen to some of that stuff. You know, it wasn't that I didn't hear it, because obviously, you, you know, you, you'd have to be on an island somewhere in Borneo to not hear it. But, you know, so I heard stuff, but I never really got into it. Like, you know, like probably people who really, you know, could appreciate where he's coming from, right. his fans and stuff like that. So I have to say, I've become, you know, a Prince fan, not that I wasn't before, but like a different kind of a Prince fan who really can appreciate. I feel you you know, the music that he, that he wrote and, you know, the concepts that he was coming with, you know, I mean, even like Dorothy Parker, mm. even though I heard that song, he played it to me, you know, I listened to it and I was like, I love that jam. I didn't really know why I loved it until, mm. you know, till recently. And I've, you know, I've, I've had to learn it, you know, it's like, you know, the, just the, the concept, you know, just the wit that it takes to write some of that stuff. So, you know, I mean, me telling you that the brother's awesome probably was, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I, I, I hear, think you feel where I'm coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's like your your family, like your brother, or your sister, or something. You're like, yeah, that's that's my man. That's my brother. I, you know, yeah, he's yeah. Cool, it's cool. But then when you see somebody else's eyes, you're like, right? Oh, okay, yeah. damn. Like, yeah, I see I'm what y'all are talking it from about. a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, man, that's 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 wild. Um, and I want to ask you about the. Uh, the revolution uh, thing, 
that recently mm-hmm. happened. Um, <clears throat> well, I was going to ask you something. Oh, I, I wanted to ask you this, and you answered how you like to, as you, as I'm sure you would anyway. But do you think that there's? Um, I'm trying to say. How do I say this? I'm gonna jump into my Birdman for a second, but okay, put in respect on his name. One of the, the conversations that's really going on amongst the fans nowadays is that they really want to make sure that everything is done right with the proper respect and like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like certain things can happen now and make sure and and I look at you because like I said you knew him you was there when it started mm-hmm. uh in your opinion do you feel like the 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 heart is in the right place with everything that's sort of going on now with a lot of the Prince stuff? You know, um, <laughs> that's a really interesting question. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I know for me, because um, I can only speak for myself. For sure. You know, and I, I can't, I can't, I don't know what is, what's in anybody else's heart or in their mind. I just know people do what they do and then people have to decide whether it makes sense or not. You know, I know for me, um, Prince's family, his brother and sister asked me to be involved, you know, um, in a tribute for the family, which is coming up October 13th. Mm-hmm. And I told them, you know, without hesitation, whatever you need me to do, I'm there, period. You know, you just tell me what it is you need me to do, and I'm there. For sure. Um, and then I know the revolution came and asked me if I would get involved with the, the tribute that they were having. And, you know, I mean, you know, I really didn't know Wendy, really didn't know Brown Mark. Um, uh, I just knew obviously other guys that I was in the band with Dez, Bobby, Matt, and Lisa. Um, and I love those, those guys are so, I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, they were great. I mean, obviously I was there when all of them were, were picked and chosen and auditioned cause I was there and was part of the, you know, the picking and choosing and auditioning. So obviously, you know, I mean, you know, I, I you know, really can appreciate where, where they were coming from, what, what their, what their talents were and, you know. So, you know, but, um, so obviously when they came and they said, Hey, you know, I'd love for you to be involved with this. You know, my first thing was I wanted to make sure that it was cool with the family because they were having, okay. you know, it t- turns out that they were having their thing before the family's thing, you know, which, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want there to be a conflict. So I just, I, you know, talked to Prince's sister, talked to his brother and said, Hey, is it cool? Is it, I just want to make sure with you guys, cause I know I, you guys asked me to do this. They're asking me, they said, no problem, you know? So, you know, that's, that's what I did. Now, I, you know, like I said, I can't tell you what's in their heart. Um, you know, um, I, I, I would assume that everything is, you know, they're, you know, cause they, they, they seem to really genuinely, you know, appreciate, um, you know, what he did for them, you know, as, uh, as, as musicians, mm-hmm. you know, and what, you know, I guess what position, you know, him choosing them and making them a part of, you know, his thing what that did for them, you know, in, in, you know, in the world of music, you know, and then what they've done, you know, outside of that, that's, that speaks for whatever it speaks for, you know? Um, right. Yeah. And I so, wasn't I mean, insinuating that there's any, I, I just, I guess my asking is to say like, and you, you answered it. You're like, does it, you know, I, this is my wording, but if it doesn't feel funny style to you, then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's cool. Cause I can respect when, with Taika and them say, yo, we need you know, that's how we're supposed to do families. They, the family wants something. It's on yeah, GP, no, you know, without hesitation. Right. Yeah. So I, I can respect. And I, I hear what you're saying on that for sure. 
Yeah. Um, and so the other thing was the, the revolution, the shows, man. I, I, I didn't get to go, but I did see some of the, the videos and, and different things. And I was saying, man, I'm not trying to blow you up, but you like you really like sort of shined on that, man. Like you really came through. I was like, OK, my man, he's then came through on that black rock star. Like it was just like in a, it was a, in a sense like, man, this is kind of like his moment. Like, I think, man. You really need to be on the front of that because I mean, you just look. First of all, and I'm a man. I'm, you look real good up there, brother. And it was like we oh. needed to see that because it was almost like you was him or something. Like you know what I mean? It was like this is that energy you came that came through you. And I was like, that's a good ass look. I was like, damn. You know what I mean? So I think I think you really shine through with that, man. Like, well, thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, first of all, I mean, you know. It, for what it was for, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, you got to step up, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, um, and because, you know, obviously, you know, he and I started off together, we, we you know, from zero, we, you know, you know, he, he played the piano, he played the guitar a little bit, mm. you know, didn't play the bass at all. So we started, started off together, you know, so it's like, and then we grew. And so, I mean, he basically taught me, what I know mostly on guitar, and I think I probably, you know, taught him, I hate to, you know, because it's hard for me to say anything, all I know is I played bass at a time when he really didn't, right. and so I'd like to think that maybe he learned a little bit from me on bass, you know, um, but my point is, is that, you know, we we came up together, so, you know, I mean, it's not, I think we were always sort of, you know, had a lot of him and me, he had a lot of me and him, and mm-hmm. we're a lot alike in, in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, we had all the same, you know, influences growing up, same musical influences, same performance influence, influences. You know, I mean, he grew up doing the James Brown mm-hmm. from the stereo. I grew up doing the James Brown from the stereo. My mom and dad was like, come on, Andre, go do the James Brown. <laughs> Every time there was some relatives over, and I think he had the same thing. So, you know, it, it's, it's not that much of a stretch, you know, for, you know, for, for us to get on, you know, get on that same headspace. But, you know, I mean, as a performer, he just took it to another level, you know, and then I think the the thing about performing is, you know, um, if you keep doing it, you know, if you keep doing anything, you're going to get better and better and better. And he kept on doing it. I obviously stopped because I had problems with record companies and, you know, their whole attitude about not wanting me to not let me do kind of the kind of music I wanted to do. So I just said, you know what, I'll just produce people. So he kept, he kept doing it and got better and better. And he took his whole thing to, you know, an unbelievable level, you know, and I'm just sort of just getting back in and trying to, you know, trying to find my, um, you know, trying to find my stride, find my voice and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. All right. Um, I was sitting here listening. You kind of threw me off track. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, but let's talk, I'll shift into your music a little bit here. And, you know, you're talking about you came from the same place. And yeah, he's going this way, y'all. Different thing. Oh, I know what I was going to ask. And this might be totally mm-hmm. thing. And, and, and hopefully, I could bring this up because uh, I, I want to bring. Because I said before, this is the this is a black men summit. This is a men's summit. But uh, oh. everybody on here, I think, except for for big sexy, but we all fathers. Mm-hmm. And it was something your wife shared with me. And, and if it can't be shared, I would edit this. But she was letting me know. That uh, and this, I know some of y'all gonna think this is coming out of that field, but stay with me. You were uh, you doing something with camping or something with kids or something? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, and I'm yeah, like, no, I was on an island. I was on an island with 64 kids. You know, just I mean, my my son and his class. They every year, um, the last two years, um, wow. they have chaperones that go out with the class, and I just I chaperoned 60, 64 kids. Yeah. Okay. See, let me, let me stop it right here for a second <clears throat> because. Listen, I don't know you personally. I don't know Prince mm-hmm. personally, personal level, anything like that. But when we think of like our icons and we think of cats that are influenced, that influence us, like that's what got me into music, listening to you guys and just the whole vibe and the work ethic and all that. And I'm saying mm-hmm. as a man, again, as a father, when I hear like, you know, again, I see the pictures. OK, my man, he. They sold out First Avenue. They they doing their thing. They representing. They rocking out. They got the music. And the producer and did all this stuff. But when when she tells me, yeah, you know, they he, he out camping with the kids, and you know, I'm like, see, this is the kind of stuff we don't hear about. These are the types of things that when we realize these are real dudes and real people that actually have families and are standing up. And representing for yeah. their families and showing, so, and I'm saying that too because, like with Prince, when you start to hear about all the the charitable work and the stuff mm-hmm. that he was really, when I really hear the stuff, that I was like, oh, he was doing that too. Like, oh, he was a thorough dude. And so when I hear that you are doing this, I'm like, yeah, yo, no, it, yeah. you know, it's a beautiful thing. I think that's the most important thing. You know, I mean, that's part. You know, that's another part of the reason why I stepped away from sort of, you know. Uh, being a, being a public, you know, a solo artist because I had kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and raising kids is not an easy thing. And especially if you're raising kids, because at first, you know, I, I didn't quite get it. I was picking them up from school and limousines and taking them on helicopter rides <laughs> and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, I mean, and I realized and they weren't, you know, I wasn't, I never, I didn't have them understand what, you know, the importance of education and that school really is the most mm-hmm. important thing. And so, I mean, I, you know, whenever I would come in town, I'd say, you know, it's a holiday, you know, um, and that was the wrong, the absolute wrong approach, the wrong message, you know, um, and so I've learned from, from those mistakes. And now it's like, it's, I got it completely turned around. And in fact, you know, um, one of the things that was really, really touching, I have to say, you know, is, um, is um, the, the, the day after Prince passed away. Um, I had to go to school and teach the kids because you know, I volunteered because my, my, my daughters, you know, they, they always wanted to come to school playing my guitar and all that kind of stuff. So my daughters, you know, said, Dad, can you come and, you know, teach class, teach the, you know, my class, you know, um, you know, what you do. And so I, you know, went there and taught them, you know, how you write songs, what songs are, the radio stuff, YouTube and all the different things and how it's all connected, how songs were created, how songs created and sort of the history of music. Um, but the day after he passed, um, I was supposed to go teach those guys. And, you know, I, I almost wasn't going to go because, you know, the day, the day he passed was the last day of that, my last day of, of doing this album. It was the final mix. Hmm. And I canceled it and I put it off for like a month or something. You know, so I wound up just stepping away from that, but I couldn't step away from what I had to do with the kids. And it's hmm. funny because I went there. And I never really, you know, I, I don't, you know, the school and the kids, they really had no idea that I have anything to do with music other than they see me bring my guitar every now and again, and, you know. Um, 
But I had no idea that they knew. And the principal came and gave me a big hug mm. and said, I'm sorry for your loss. And it almost brought me to tears. And some of the kids in the class, you know, said, you know, I hear that you're a prince's brother. Is that true? And it was like, I mean, it was just all of this stuff that kind of came out of left field. And I was like, wow. And all this time, they just never made it a big deal. You know, they just, you know, and it's always, and it's always, and it's, it's still like that. Because really, you know, they realize he's just a person just like me. He just happens to be, you know, mm-hmm. he's got this other job. <laughs> so it's all good. Wow. It's all love. Wow. Yes, yeah, all love. How many uh, kids do you have? How many kids you got? I have six kids. Okay. Now, what's the, what's three the youngest? Boys and three girls. Youngest is I have twin girls and a mom. You said twins? Yeah, twin girls. Oh, man. That's full time. That's a double time job. Until so. <laughs> it's a double time. You got no idea, brother. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> but I feel you. I mean, it ain't no joke. I mean, none of them are a joke. My son, my 10 year old, is no joke. And my older kids ain't no joke either. They're, you know, they all keep me busy. But, you know, they're really beautiful. Sweet, loving, you know, um, adults and, and and kids. So I'm I'm a blessed man, you know. If 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 I don't if 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 I don't make it another day, you know, I, I'm I'm extremely ecstatic and happy with everything. That's what's up, man. You, you you don't look like you have three kids, let alone some adult children. Uh, like I said, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Believe it or not, you know, I got carded yesterday buying a bottle of champagne. Really? You know, at Trader Joe's. That's that's insane. Hilarious. You know, I have to laugh because it, it happens, you know, way more than, you know, I care to even think about because sometimes it's embarrassing because, you know, they call me and then when they actually look at my license, they start calling people over like, oh, you got to see this. Come here. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. wait, wait a minute. First of all, I don't worry about looking at that license picture, you know, second of all. You know, I don't need to be on blast. So, yeah. well, let me that's ask you, what, what do you think is it that keep because you know it's i think to me when i think of stuff like that it's like you know always keep a very young sort of spirit um mm-hmm. and not be so mad and bitter at everything but what do you think why why do you because again you look at prince look at yourself and some other people you see out there and like man did these people ever age like what is it that keeps yeah. you you know sort of youthful appearance uh, or energy well i think you know it's it's really kind of simple you never stop doing what you love to do, whatever it is. You know what I mean? If you love to play basketball, play basketball. You know, and don't let people think that somehow or another, you know, because you're some certain age or some certain something, that you're supposed to stop doing the things that you love. You know, I mean, I refuse to let people, you know, typecast me and say, you know, you know you're too old for those shoes. You're too old for those pants. You're too old to, you know, wear that hat. You're too old to wear that you know, that shirt or whatever. I mean, that's, that's silly. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. It's like, you know, you know if it looks, if you look silly wearing it, believe me, you put it on, you look stupid, <laughs> take it off. You know? <laughs> you know, but other than that, you know, if, if, if you can rock it, rock it, you know? I mean, so, you know, I just think that a lot of people, I mean, I ride bikes, you know, I run around with my kids, I play basketball, you know, I, I we go scootering, I just do everything that I've always ever done. You know, and, and I keep a very, you know, um, positive aspect. I don't like to get negative. I don't really like to argue if I don't have to about anything. Mm. You know, I just like to keep positive, keep it, you know, I mean, you know, and then obviously I eat halfway decent, you know, I work out, 
you know, do, do all the, the stuff you should do, to, you know, to maintain, you know, a healthy, um, a healthy life, you know. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? You 56? 58. 58? Damn. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me and Prince are exactly the same. He got down here 20 days before I did. Interesting. Man. Yeah. Yeah, let me be on some Andre Simone at 58. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Damn. All right. Um, okay, man, let's, we, we have to get in, really get into this. The new project, the new EP, mm-hmm. uh, Black black man in america now right. you already know you know what's going on in the climate right now mm-hmm. but i can see like and i'm and i'm gonna state I'm, I'm framing this in the sense of this you know a lot of uh prince fans you know uh, to me you got two sides some people they want to deal with race some people that don't want to deal with that you know some people right. say hey this is all you know Prince was about everybody, and I get that. And but I was like, the same point. He was a black person, and you know, right. there's there's that to deal with. And so when I I look at this this song titles, now for me this screams Michael Dean type of stuff all day. But when I see it, Black Man in America's the first song, Hot Night in the Neighborhood, number two, mm-hmm. number three, Black Lives Matter. Some of the fans, hold up, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what about All Lives Matter? You know, so. Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, and then number four, Hallelujah. So yeah. I, was, I saw that. I said, oh, "Okay, Andre, he he's gonna be on one. Like he not. There's no like misconstruing what this is right, gonna be yeah. about." <laughs> right. So I'm gonna ask you this. Top of the question is, what is your goal with this project? What are you trying to say? Not trying to say. What are you saying with this? What What are some of the things we need to come into this with a little bit? Well, there's, there's so many things, but first of all, I'm trying to create a musical revolution. You know, I think through music, you know, you can, you can speak to people on another level. You can make people listen to things from a different perspective. Okay. Um, you know, and, you know I, and that's first and foremost, but I think that as a people and all people, all races, all colors, wherever you come from, doesn't matter. You know, we got to get on the same page. Because I think the bottom line is, you know, nobody's born to a racist or a bigot. You know, that's some ignorance that people, you know, you know, people created these sort of, you know, separating people, four or five different races, I guess, so that they could feel, you know, like they're superior to somebody. You know, and that's something that I heard, you know, just the other day is, is you know, I mean, we got to get off of that. You know, the bottom line is there's only one race, the human race, okay. you know. And, and, and right now, you know, and as far as one of the songs on the song, on the, on the EP, Black Lives Matter, you know, I also heard this young lady the other day talking about, you know, they were asking her why she was so upset about Black Lives, you know, or why she couldn't just say all lives matter, you know, or, you know, people have always asked me since I've, you know, since I've released this and since I was writing it, why do people say, well, why wouldn't you just say all lives matter? You know, um, and her answer, her answer I thought was spot on. She said, you know what? All lives will matter when black lives matter. Because right now, the way things are going right now, it don't seem like black. If you look at the criminal justice system, it don't seem like black lives matter. If you look at, you know, police brutality and the way they're shooting, killing and murdering and getting away with killing young blacks, you know, or not so young blacks or anything in between and women, it don't seem like black, black lives matter. And I think everybody has to get involved. 
because it seems like somehow or another, some people in this country, in this world, but definitely in this country, are under some strange notion that somehow or another, if they do these things, black people and Hispanics, you know, people that they don't want are going to somehow go away somehow. It's never going to happen. We're here. We're going to always be here. So the best thing we can do is try to figure out how we can exist on this planet and find a goal to, 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 to get to that place because I think we can get there, you know, but we got to get there. First thing we got to do is get rid of ignorance, get rid of people thinking somehow or another there's some sort of, you know, because of some pigment in your skin that makes you better than somebody else. You know, you know, it, it, it's like, it doesn't work like that. You know, hmm. it's like, you know, I mean, really, if you start to, you know, get into it, you know, everybody, is, is excels at different things, whether it's in within our own race or in any other race, you know, I mean, so it's just, it's, it's, you know, some people have a notion that somehow or another, you know, um, their race is better than our race or somebody else's race is better than somebody else's race. It just, that's such a, that's such a bad, a bad game that, you know, people played and it's never been a good thing. It's not, it's never been good for anybody. You know, and so I think what we got to do is we got to get on, you know, to, you know, get on about the business of, of getting this world on track, getting people to understand that we're all in this thing together because, you know, there, there's so many other things that people aren't understanding that are, that are going around or that are going on. And, and they're, they're deeper than just, you know, racial, the racial aspect, the racial aspect is something we got to deal with. And that's what I'm trying to deal with, with the CD. But what I'm trying to do is, get people to get behind me and support me and I want to get out there and, and, it, and it's going to be rough, but I want to be a voice that addresses these issues because there's other issues like, like, um, you know, mergers of pharmaceutical companies and chemical companies mm -hmm. that are doing things in our home. When you spray your bathtub, you know, and, you know, and you think it's, it's all innocent. And next thing you know, everybody's got asthma, which makes no sense because you didn't have that stuff as much as you had, you know, in the 60s and 70s as you do now because chemical and pharmaceutical companies have merged. You know, so a chemical, chemical company will, have, will engineer a spray that won't kill you right away, but what it'll do is it'll give you asthma. And then because they merged with a pharmaceutical company that just so happens to have, you know, an answer for that, that asthma because you got to go to your doctor mm -hmm. you know, and they have agents that go to all your doctors and all the clinics and they peddle the stuff and say, this is for people who come in with asthma. And then, you know, if you got health insurance, which, you know, most people are trying to get thanks to Obama, you know, then it, it, you don't have to pay as much, but the government still does. So this, they're making money hand over fist, making people sick, you know, wow. and, you know, it's just, and some people, you know, if, if you're, if you have a weakened or a weakened uh, immune system or if you're old, it can kill you. You know, right. and, and that's just sort of a, a, an unintended sort of consequence. But it's still your parents, my parents, you know, other people. You know, I mean, it's just there's so many things that are underlying, you know, that, you know, I think that are, you know, in, in many ways directed against black people and people of color. You know, and that's just a fact, you know, and, you know, you can get into, you know, the, the water poisoning in Flint, Michigan, you know, because the majority mm -hmm. of the people there. Mm -hmm. We're black mm -hmm. or the water poisoning in Washington, D.C., because the majority of people, you know, yeah, there's people that come in there, but they're not the people that live there. The majority of people that live there are black. So 
those are two major places where blacks are concentrated, where they're targeted and being poisoned and they try to cover it up. You know, and it's just, you know, I hate to be like a conspiracy theorist, but there's a lot of these things that are just out there. But, you, you know, you can't expect the mainstream media to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't expect, you know, the average person who's working a job and busy just trying to feed their family to be, to be understanding and talk about it. So it's up to artists. It's up to people like myself and other people who are, you know, that, that care about people and care about the direction of this country and have children and have a future and they want their children's future to be better than their future. You got to step up. You got to talk about this stuff and you got to understand this stuff and get your head around it. And you got to go out there and you got to represent, you know, because that's, that's what it's all about for me. And I will say you always seem to at least, uh, as you've been sort of putting out your, your music, you definitely take a stand on whatever the issue is. Like I remember when you first sort of, in my opinion, sort of came back out, you was like, yo, I'm for Obama and y'all need to mm-hmm. get out and vote. You know, you, you always take yeah. a stand, whatever it is. So when I see this one, I'm just like, okay, he's taking a stand. And again, a lot of people, a lot of artists not going to do that. You know, not going to talk about these issues. I want, I want to also ask you, we continue on this conversation, but. Well, don't forget about Trayvon. Cause that, yes. that's one of my favorite songs. I love that song. The cover quickly though, the cover uh, Andre Simone and you got the well, I'm assuming there's a bullet hole in the O mm-hmm. in your last name but I see like the inscription sort of faded but right. as I say <laughs> runaway right. slave yeah you're <laughs> <laughs> not slick brother I'm looking now what, what? yeah no, but what, no, tell no, me, I mean, talk to really, me about that talk to us about that well see that you know what people don't understand is police was initially formed you know the, the police unit was originally originally formed to keep runaway slaves, you know, in check. Slave patrol. And to keep them from, yeah. You know, when they got away, they, they had this, this force called, they called them the police, to go out and get them and bring them back, you know. And, and now you got a, the same thing, only different. And, you know, and, you know, the thing that people, another thing that people need to get their head around that, you know, that I would like to talk about, you know, and that's why I really want to, you know, why I'm putting out this record, want to go out and be able to speak on some of these issues is, you know, the way they've, they've created the structure that we're having to deal with right now, you know, because in, in the lyrics of the song, you know, um, you know, I think, you know, there's, you know, you know, history, Hollywood, image of the black man ain't no good. That's how they sell you in the mm-hmm. promised land. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, you know, I mean, because I grew up in North Minneapolis and it was a black community, period, you know. And what they did, and I, I didn't realize it till I got a little older, and then I, you know, I, when I would go back, I'd realize that it became crystal clear. My mom was, you know, very deep into politics, and you know, definitely, you know, um, you know, stood, you know, you know, for for blacks in the community, and you know, I mean, my whole family was very, very much in, involved in, in what was going on in the '60s and the '70s, and you know, so I'm very, very, you know, aware of where we came from, where we where we where we were at, and where I thought we were headed. Um, and then we took a left and a right, you know, but, um, but I just think, you know, in the community, what they would, what they do. And if you think about it, you know, in any community, in any black community, they, they, they get blacks in one area and then they get the police to keep them in that area, mm-hmm. you know, and by any means necessary. And if you try to travel outside of that area, you get ticketed for no reason. You get, you know, shot, you know, you get harassed. And it's almost like a way of corralling people in an area. And then in that area, you know, they take away all the opportunities 
They take away, you know, enormous amounts of hope and enormous amounts of resources. And what they put inside that area that they got the police surrounding and keeping you in is guns, drugs, and liquor stores. You know, I mean, and, it's, and if you look at it, it's a pattern all around the country. You know, I've lived in Harlem. I've lived in, you know, obviously Minnesota. I lived in L.A. And I've traveled the world several times. You know, I mean, I get it. I see it. And it's something that, you know, the average person probably doesn't see. And again, that's why, you know, I mean, that's why it's up to artists, you know, people like myself to speak out and to, you know, whether if you can put it in song, put it in song, if you can get to the point where you, know, you can get enough attention, because the thing, the, the way it works is record companies, you know, are part of the problem. You know, it's like they only want you singing about sex, drugs and alcohol. And if you ain't singing about sex, drugs and alcohol, they're going to drop you. And if you're not, you know, if you still ain't got huggy prints around your waist, then you're too, you're too old to, you know, to, to, to be, you know, manipulated and controlled. You know, that's the reason why they do like three album deals or whatever it is. Because after three albums, they know you smartened up enough <laughs> to realize, hey, wait a minute. Uh, why am I, you know? So then you start asking questions and then they go, okay, well, let's find some new dummy. So, I mean, you know, I get all of that. You know, but what, what, where I think we're at now is we have to be beyond that. We have to understand that, you know, you can't buy the stuff that they sell. They want to sell you that, you know, um, somebody like me. And I almost bought it. I almost bought that hey, I'm too old to do music anymore. Hmm. Even though I'm better than I ever was, you know, smarter than I ever was, have more wisdom than I've ever had. I've learned from all my mistakes and, mm -hmm. you know, and my successes that I can sing about and I can pass that wisdom and knowledge. If you go back to the bare reason why, why musicians and artists existed in the first place, that's what I'm doing. You know, we were originally, you know, people who went from village to village telling people about other villages and in those days, they didn't go, hey, I'm not going to listen to him because, you know, he's, he's not 28. You know, I'm not going to listen to him because of anything other than, you know, I don't like what he's saying, or I love what he's saying, or I can feel what he's saying. I, I can connect with him. So anyway, I just, I, that's my attitude. Well, it's funny you, when you bring up sort of the age thing, because, I mean, for me, in the 80s, I remember, uh, even in the 70s, you saw a lot of grown folks that were the artists. It wasn't, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It wasn't all Rufus kids. Yeah, it was a lot of grown people. And I was like, that's the norm. And now, of course, well, yeah, because it's totally it, different. It was about music then. It was simply about music. And it was simply about the, you know, if there was messages in your music. Curtis Mayfield, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I don't know how old Curtis Mayfield was, but he always looked like he was in his 60s. I mean, he might have been 17. For some respect on Curtis's name. <laughs> no, I love him. No, really, that's one of my favorite artists. But, you know, but the point was that, you know, I was into him and it wasn't because, you know, I thought he was some spring chicken is because, you know, he did, you know, well, super fly, but he also did, you know, but he also did, you know, um, you know, people get ready, you know, I mean, hell below. So many, you know, um, hell yeah, below. Hell below, we're all going to go, man, it's like, I could go on and on, you know, I mean, cause I love that brother and his music and where he was coming from, Freddie's dead, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, um, you know, Isaac Hayes. I mean, I could go on and on with different artists, you know, that, you know, Bob Marley. I mean, you know, no telling really yeah, how these were Bob They were men. Was. They were men. They weren't little boys. They were they men. Were, yeah. They yeah. had something and to say from experience. About stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and people, people connected to it. And that's all it should be about. It should, you know, you know, record companies and people spending millions of dollars to get you to look up while they got all kinds of stuff going down. 
you shouldn't keep falling for that. You got to quit falling for that and start, you know, going for what is what is right. You know, I mean, history, Hollywood, image of the black man ain't no good. There's a reason for that. You know, I mean, all the movies that we do, you know, where's our Harry Potter? Mm. And where's our, you know, where's our, you know, um, you know, ring? What is it? Uh, ring. Uh, Lord of know, the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Where's our, you know, where's all our fantasy? Why do we always have? Why couldn't Twelve Years a Slave just been about this unbelievable violin player who, you know, came from nowhere, being black at that point in time, and became this unbelievable violin player? Why could that be the story? The end. You know. Why does it have to always end in him getting caught and have to watch, you know, somebody, you know, beat down his woman and all this other kind of, I just, you know, I just think we got to start getting past all this stuff because it's really up to us. I mean, if we, if we don't, you know, if we don't take control of our own destiny and that's why I'm also glad to see athletes, you know, Dwayne Wade, mad respect, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, athletes stepping up and standing out and saying, look, uh-uh, hold on, wait a second. I'm not going to play another basketball game. You know, I'm going to take a, a, a foot, you know, because I'm not going to, you know, forget take a foot. Don't go out on the field, you know, because <laughs> it, it has to stop. It's not, we're not, in, we're not in the 60s anymore. You know, we have power. We have amazing, immense amounts of power. And we somehow are mentally stuck in some sort of perpetual cycle of stupidity. We got to get out of it. It's like we have power. We need to step up and go, you know what? Hey, wait a minute. Right. You own this team, but that owning this team ain't going to mean nothing if I don't put my cleats on that field. Mm. So either you, you, you correct this stuff over here, and then you get back to me, and me and my boys, we'll be back, back on the field ready to play. Let me, let me ask you this question, and, and also uh, to my partners here, you guys jump in at any time. I'm, I'm going to play the advocate. I'm not playing the devil's advocate. We, we man, we chopping it up. I wanted to ask you this question. <clears throat> when you when 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 we are in our sort of prime moments of influence and different things, and I, you know, let's talk about music. I'm gonna go back uh to the eighties, for instance. Because mm -hmm. the thing is the shootings and the harassment, that ain't nothing new, right? We all know the stories throughout the years. I mean when I was a kid, you know. There was this thing, you know, you straighten up or if they ask you something, you yes, sir. You know, mm -hmm. so none of that's new. It was just now we see it as video and, you know, the right. social media and it's plastered all over. But the, the, but that stuff been happening in the community for years. And you've always yeah, had. Absolutely. Yeah, you've had artists who have spoken up. You, you brought up probably the, one of the be best ones to do it was Curtis Mayfield. Right. Uh, and, and stuff of that. Say nature. Loud, James Brown. Say James loud, Brown. Black and proud. Yes. Yeah. But what what's, what what do we say to the younger the cat who's in his prime? You know what would they have said to uh, Prince? What would they have said to you or or any you know uh, uh, somebody jumped in my head? But what would we say to those guys when they're at the height of you know the keys to the castle? It's, it would seem like what you say it goes when when I saw. Purple Rain. Oh, I'm going. Uh, Auntie, can you set me an appointment at the hair salon? I got to get my hair like that. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, that influence was there. I say the same thing when, um, you know, when Dre and, and uh, Snoop and then was at the height. If the, you know, it was called the Chronic, so it pushed a certain message, and whatever that message in them songs was, 
we was a that's we changed our life to we fit was about that. it yeah right no, absolutely yeah but what do we do how do we get the guy that's in the lead to to put out black men in america as opposed to put out you know how many booties you got you know what i mean or, or whatever well, the message here, here's is. the Here's the thing. You got to support the guy that's doing it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cause the guy that ain't doing it, ain't doing it. You know, I mean, and there's a reason, the reason why he's not doing it is because he's good. He's comfortable. Mm. You know, the guy that's out there now, he needs the system that he's in. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's got to go get, you know, if, if, if he's a rapper, he's got to get licensing for, for pup, you know, for songs that he wants to okay. use as loops. Mm-hmm. And if he's out there, you know, you know, singing or rapping about something that that corporation ain't feeling, they ain't going to let him get that license, hmm. you know, so then he's beholden to them. And if he's about a paycheck, which I ain't mad at nobody being about no paycheck, you know, that just ain't my thing. You know, I'm doing this independently. You know, people are my record company, you know, people who support me. That's my record company. Those are the mm-hmm. people that I speak for. And those are the people that, you know, that I hear from. You know, I'm not, you know, some, co- that's the reason why I stepped away from in the first place, you know, because it's like, look, you know, you're not putting a beard on my Mona Lisa. This is my painting. You know, this is not your painting. You know, and if I can't paint it the way I want, I'm not going to paint it off for you, you know, and I'll go do something else. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I got a contract. I can't record records. Okay. I get it. I'll just go over here and, you know, produce Joey Wiley's albums, you know, you know, hmm. still can make some money. I'll go over here and do some Adam Ant. I like Adam Ant, you know. Mm-hmm. I can do Tom Jones. I can do Tina Turner. I can do some movie stuff. I can find things to do to make some money. I don't have to do that. I mean, I would love to be able to do, but I want to do it on my terms. If I can't do it on my terms, then it ain't really my art, you know? And so I'm, I'm just, you know, I happen to be a little bit more, um, you know, I guess maybe militant about how I go about just saying, I ain't going to do it. And you ain't going to make me and you know, what you want to do, you know, <laughs> period. I mean, but that's me. Other people might have a different approach. Like Prince's approach was, hey, I'm going to let everybody know. I'm going to put slave on my face. Right. I'm going to change my name to something that people can't pronounce. And, you know, that's a way of standing. You know, and he was smart because he was still, he was doing that, making that statement, but he was still making the money, mm-hmm. you know, and still, you know, building up his, uh, his cachet of music and his, you know, fan base. And I think to answer your question, you know, I think, you know, in my opinion, you know, because that's part of the reason why I finally did step out is because I always thought people in that position should speak out. Like, can you imagine if somebody like Prince, you know, at the height of his thing came out and said, you know, um, you know, the NFL needs to stop playing or the NBA needs to stop playing right. and needs to address these issues right here about what's going on in the black community. You know, we need to we need to have, you know, um, you know, facilities in all the, the, the 50 states that, you know, that cater to black needs until that's our reparation. That's our, you know, we didn't get 40 acres of meal. Cool. Let's, let's get, you know, community centers, specific community centers with everything built in, legal assistance, all, you know, paid for, you know, and, and so that people, when they, you know, instead of going through the stuff that we have to go through when you get a traffic ticket that you know you didn't deserve, you got to go take time off of work. And you got to go down there and you got to like, you know, haggle and you're going to still get found guilty no matter what, you know, and then you got to pay that money that's got to come out of your pocket. It might only be $350, but that's $350 more than you got that then you can spend. <laughs> and not only that, if you want to fight it, then you got to hire an attorney. Right. You can't hire an attorney for anything less than $5,000. 
So anything that comes to you like that, then all of a sudden you're just, anyway, I could go on and on. But that's what that's the plight of the, the average person. And that's what people like myself or anybody that's really in a position that's ever been in that position should be speaking about. Just because you made it, you know, that, that that's good for you. But you need to reach back and you need to say, you know what, you know, I'm good. You know, now I got to make sure everybody else is good because I can't. It's like Muhammad Ali said. He said, man, I could buy a yacht and I could have an island, and, but ain't, none of it would mean anything if it ain't, you know, if my people ain't got what I got. So that's why he was the people's uh, champion because mm-hmm. he spoke for the people very eloquently and made, every, made everybody understand, look, you know, I ain't got no, nothing against some Vietnamese. They ain't never called me a nigga, you know, and he said it, you know, and he, I mean, he put everybody on blast, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, he is, he's one of my major, major heroes, you know, because, and that's who I looked up when I was a kid. That's who I looked up to, you know, people like him, James Brown, and, you know, people who are, who are not just doing what they did, but speaking out because I was just a little young sponge, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, so I saw who was speaking out. I saw what happened to Martin Luther King. I saw what happened to John F. Kennedy. I saw what happened to people who were trying to, you know, make this country evolve. You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. We, we, we all get like our little, you know, 90, 100 years, you know, to make some sort of an impact, you know, or to, to be a part of whatever the process is. You know, you either spend that time being involved or you spend that time sitting back, you know, waiting for somebody else to stand up and be involved. I can't do that. You know, hmm. I was given a gift to write music and write songs and write lyrics. And that's my duty is to, you know, do whatever I can do to speak out about things. Be easy for me to sit back here in California and enjoy the sun and enjoy my kids and enjoy it. But it ain't, that, ain't, that ain't what it's all about. I didn't get this gift to sit back and, and just chill. You know, there's a reason, you know, and so I'm just trying to fulfill my destiny and do the best I can. All right. Um, let, me, let me ask this question. We'll change it up a little bit, but we're going to stay on the topics here. Again, we see these videos and we, we, we live this situation of, uh, you know, men are getting shot down, kids mm-hmm. getting killed. Mm-hmm. And yep. we see the you know situations with the police. Now, again, there's two sides to the to a lot of these things. Of course, there is uh, you know, the, the victim side, the person who got killed. And then, you know, there's the police side and different things. And what we've talked about on this show before is, you know, my thing is like, well, what do we do? You know, you know, we're men like I could get pulled over tomorrow or today. You could get pulled over. So what do we do in these situations? I want to ask you, Andre. 58 year old black man. Been around the world, uh, you know, known around the world. You're doing your thing. Family man. You get pulled over. What's the solution? What do you, what do you do? Do you, you know? I want to know what do you do? You know, give, and, and I'm, I'm asking this question because again, we got other people that are listening to this. We got kids listening to this. We got younger people, older people. But my thing is, we as the men have to offer some guidance or or here's my opinion or here's what I would do. So I'm just curious if you don't mind. What do you do in that situation? And I'm and I'm saying all this to say again. You were at the at the beginning of the day. You're a father, you know, right? And you and you you're head of the house, you know. So I need yeah. to know from 
again, from my OG, I need to know from another man who's got kids and got people depending on them. What do you do in these volatile situations? You know, that answer is threefold. Okay. The first thing you do is when you stop by the police, you comply. Mm-hmm. Everything they tell you to do, you do it. Okay? Period. They tell you to put your hands, you know, raise your hands, raise your hands. Don't reach for anything other than that. If you got anything in your hands, drop it. Drop it first. Raise your hands. You know? Um, that's the immediate thing. The, the second thing is you, you teach your kids, you know, about respect. You know? That's because you got to teach your kids about respect and how to carry themselves. Because a lot of times what, what's happened is you know, police officers you know, have, you know, I think a lot of them haven't really come in contact with very many black people. So they don't understand, you know, the lifestyle. They don't understand the, the lingo. They don't understand, you know, um, our perspective, you know, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're sagging and you reach back to pull your pants up, you could get shot. Hmm. You know, I mean, if, if, you know, you, you know, if you're like, if, if you're a little bit high or a little bit something, whatever it is, you know, you say, hold on a second. Let me just, you know, let me just get this, put, set this down. I know people like that. I know people. I've been, I've had people shot next to me. I've been shot at, you know, I, I get it. I get it. You know, I understand. And I think, it, so what you got to do is you got to teach your kids how to conduct themselves and how to carry themselves with respect, you know, period. Because if you can treat your, if you can carry yourself with respect, you know, you can communicate with people where they, they know right away, oh, this person I can connect with. And so that's second fold. Third fold is we got to, we got to go into the community. We got to understand who we're hiring. We got to vote. We got to vote for Congress people, people that represent us, people who understand us. And that way we get the police force in our communities that understand who we are. So if we want to, you know, be however we want to be, they know us well enough because they know, oh, he ain't going for a gun, hmm. you know, rather than just not knowing us at all and just assuming that we're going for a gun. So my answer to that question is threefold. You know, first of all, comply. Do everything they tell you to do. And then there's nothing you can do beyond that. If, they're gonna, if, if that's their thing and they're just trying to exterminate and that's just the thing, you, there's nothing you can do about that. You can't teach anything about that. That's just something that's going to go down, which is unfortunate. And that's what it seems like is happening. Second thing is, you know, teach your kids respect. So that when they do go out and they get stopped, at least you got that little bit of a backup so that your kids, you know, have a certain amount of respect for authority, you know, you know, no matter how mm-hmm. misplaced sometimes it seems like it is. Right. And the third is we got to understand what we can do to empower ourselves to give our community the type of police force, you know, that can understand who we are as a people and who we are culturally so that we don't have to, you know, so we can we can have a little bit of, you know, security and knowing that we step outside the door, you know, that, you know, our kids aren't our targets for somebody's, you know, um, private prison system or somebody's janky criminal justice system. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, you can, you can, so my thing is you can comply and still die. Like, you know, still yeah, get shot. No. That one brother a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago, he was, um, laying on the ground. He was helping the disabled guy or something mentally challenged person. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Still got shot. I'm like, okay. And there's a strong, strong possibility that if I got stopped, 
<laughs> We've been watching you, Mr. Simone. It probably filled me with so many holes. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm Let's like, see. look, you know, I mean, because I, I, you know, I've, I've been stopped in Minneapolis, you know, and, and, you know, I got stopped out here one time, you know, where they, they, they completely got all cowboy and all of that, you know, and I, and I asked one thing, you know, I said, is this all necessary? And this dude got all ballistic and went all crazy you about it. Smart you know? boy. Then I realized right then, I was like, oh, okay. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is one of those kind of dudes. And I'm thinking, because I go, you know, I mean, because, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, my background is a little interesting. It's a little colorful. <laughs> so I just go into this other frame of mind because I'm starting to think, okay, well, I know what we're going to do with you. <laughs> you know, you got your moment right now. But anyway, but, you know, I just, I just think, you know, that's why I think I understand a lot of things because, you know, I mean, I, you know, I grew up in the hood, you know, and definitely, you know, my brothers, you know, you know, one of my brothers went to prison, you know, and had to deal with what he had to deal with. My other brother came out of the army and had to deal with what he had to deal with. So, I mean, I get it from a lot of different, I have cousins and I have a huge, huge family, mm. nieces and nephews and everybody has been through all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, so I get it. And so, you know, and it's, and it's, it's a rigged situation, period. It is. Right. And we got to, as a people, we got to fix it. We can't expect anybody else to fix our thing. We got to do it. You know, and I, I think somehow or another, we, we, we have this notion that somebody's going to fix our problems. They're not going to do it. That's why it hasn't happened. We got to do it. You know, we got to make our own movies. We got to set our own, you know, um, you know, uh, change our role models because obviously the role models that you know are being portrayed you know on 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 film are not doing justice for who we are as you know for where we came from and who we are as a people they're not doing us justice you know nothing against some of this stuff but you know some of this maury povich you know uh you know um who's the other guy you know i forget the other guy that had that 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 Silly um, uh, daytime Sp shows Springer? that show people Spr fighting. Jerry Springer, yeah, man. <laughs> you know all that stuff. All that stuff was the precursor to some of this other stuff that's out now. This, you know, housewives of this and housewives of that. You know, and you know, I mean, I just think that there's so much diversity in our culture that to just shine a light, you know, on one part of it doesn't do us justice. And there's nothing to say that they ain't, that's all good. That's fine. But just shine a light. I mean, like they, like every other culture does, they shine a light on the full spectrum of their culture. Mm -hmm. We shine a light on one part of our culture, you know, and that's all everybody, our, our kids, that's all they know. They don't know so many other things that I see all the time. They don't know about all these other, you know, black people that are living these different kinds of lives and, you know, mm -hmm. and have this different kind of, you know, all this you know, I mean, there's a whole nother thing going on that, you know, and, 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 and we, it's like we expect somebody else to show you know, for Hollywood to show those cultures, to show that part. No, we got to do it. And that's the other thing is, you know, I want to get involved in filmmaking as well, because I want to I want to show other parts of the culture. I see it. I know it. I've lived it. So I want people to see that. Look, hey, you know, we, we there's this story over here. There's my father's story. There's my uncle's story. My uncle was an engineer. My father was an engineer. My uncle was a, a war photographer. You know, he shot a lot of the stuff that's in history books that you see as aerial photography, you know, pictures and images. Those were shot by my uncle. You know, so, I mean, you know, I mean, another person that's distantly related to me is Gordon Parks. That dude was amazing. You know, there's the so much Gordon stuff. Parks? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I think I mean, a lot of it, so too, is that it, it doesn't fit that narrative. It doesn't fit the stereotype of what is, you know, presented to the mainstream of America. Like, it's an, you well, know, it's up to us to change that stereotype. For sure. Because you know? sure. it works for them. Because, it, it, you know, because every time they arrest somebody, they can always say, well, he was a bad guy. Okay? And then, you know, and then, then when, they, when they fill up those private prison systems, because, I mean, believe me, I mean, it's a business. You know, people mm -hmm. got to wake up, man. Private prisons are businesses. Those businesses need agents to go out and bring, you know, clients into that system. You said clients. You know, <laughs> who are, yeah, clients. I mean, you know, we're, we, we're a client. <laughs> you know, and that's a whole nother dialogue that's going on that people just don't even understand and they fall right into it, you know, and they say it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a cult, it's a culture, it's a, you know, whatever, you know, and it's like, it, what it is, is it's wrong. Private prisons and they're starting to close them because, you know, thanks to Obama and thanks to people who understand that they're not, they're, 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 they're discrimination that's part of what's wrong with the criminal justice system and it needs to end, period. There should be no incentive to incarcerate, you know, people on a mass level. There should be no incentive because then they go in there and it's free labor, you know, and then it's about contract. Then you get into the contract culture and, mm -hmm. you know, what people call globalization, which is globalization is a glorified word for, you know, um, making money off America without hiring Americans. You know, so, I mean, people need to deal with the reality of what's going on in this country, you know, and, and deal with it. You know, I mean, people want to cry about, well, I'm not making no money. I'm not doing this. You know, you know, it's like that's because and why there's one percent is the richest. They have 98 percent, you know, of America's wealth. By You know, I mean, 98 percent of, uh, of America's wealth goes to one percent, you know, of, of Americans. That makes no sense. And there's a reason why that it's be, it's called globalization. You know, you know, making money off America mm -hmm. without hiring Americans. You know, so I'm just you know, it's there's so many things that people got to catch up on, you know, and and. And if we don't, and if we don't do it soon, because n now you got this, this Donald, Donald, you know, you know, Goldfinger. That's my man. Come on, man. Donald. Man. Yeah. No, Donald Trump <laughs> is Goldfinger and Lex Luthor. I mean, if, if you want Lex Luthor as president, sure. you know, I'm going to tell mean, you my, it doesn't uh, make any sense. And let's get into this conversation. And Q, uh, I want to, you were going to jump in real quick, but I want to say this. And, and, and again, I can be. You have to have a fool, but I'm being somewhat serious. You know, Donald mm -hmm. Trump. Yeah, I don't support that guy. He's, he's crazy. Mm -hmm. But I say this. You know, he mentioned in the last uh, debate, you know, the, the whole uh, stop and frisk. You mm -hmm. know, he wants to bring law and order and different things. Right. But I, I pick up on the codes. I hear what he's trying to say. Right. right. I see what he, the signals he's sending to certain people. But I'm almost to the point, man, I'm almost at a desperate point where I'm like, you know what? Let him get in there. Startups start stopping frisk. And I say that it sounds crazy, but I'm saying that because to me at this point, what's it going to take for us to unite? You got, I think we're too splintered and too relaxed. You got these people over, black people are successful over here. These people are struggling. The, the disconnect, well, why don't you pull your bootstrap? I made it. You And, and you know, you got to do this when this happens. But I'm like, yo, they, they see us as all the same. You might have a little more money in your account or whatever you think you might have. But right. at the end of the day, trust me, they don't, yeah, no, they, I they're not feeling you like yeah. that. So I'm, my thing is like, 
it, if it takes something as drastic as a nationwide stop and frisk for all of us to say, damn, this shit is fucked up. We all now catching hell. Ain't no, you can't. No, no. All of us is going to get stopped. You think you made it because you got a degree? That's cool. Where's your Where's your freedom papers, boy? Where's your ID? I don't care about your suit. So I want us to all be on a level playing field. So just to the fact that we as a people, there'd be no more excuse. You're like, yo, this dude, he's he's a he's a nut case up front. Like, you know exactly what he's about. So there ain't yeah. no in your window about it. And this is like right. and I'm just like, you know what? Maybe that would jumpstart kicking the ass and be like, OK, it's done. Oh, yeah. Let's hit the streets. The brown folks, let's hit the streets. The, the you know, people getting persecuted for the Middle Eastern situation heritage. Let's hit the streets. We ride. It ain't no more. Oh, that's your battle. No, it's up in our face. So I'm kind of like I'm almost kind of like let them come on in so we can get this thing started, man. We don't have to be playing around. Well, but the, there's only a couple of problems with that. <laughs> One problem. Is yes, we already have <laughs> we already have a, a, a worse version than stop and frisk. So if that was going to bring us together, that's already failed. Because you know you already got you know where was it James Blake, the tennis player? He's just out waiting for a car, waiting for his limo or whatever it was, and they ran up on him and and, and tried to beat him down. You know, so you already got that. But so but see, but you, you got are. some people that are sympathizing. Well, maybe he wasn't doing this, or maybe he was. You know, he didn't comply properly. He was just standing there. Yeah, they I'm, got it on film. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The other the other thing is is that you know I mean the problem with saying maybe you should just let him get on in there. This guy's an idiot of the highest order. For sure. For so sure. I mean, so if 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 he gets in there, chances are he's going to start a world war. Period. Hey. And not hey. just a world war, but a nuclear war. So what you're looking at is high is 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 is, is having a president that's going to bring us to the world to the to the very edge of extinction. You know, and, and that doesn't even make any sense. It's 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 illogical. You know, I mean, if you you see the word, the, the movie Road Warrior, that's what, <laughs> you know, within a short period of time, that's what will hap- happen. And the thing about it is, I would guarantee you, if Donald Trump became president, you know, and this would, he would be impeached within the first six months. And the p- impeachment process would be led by his own party. You know, so, I mean, it's just, good. You know, I mean. Yeah, no, it would be good, but it would be unfortunate because it would probably be too late for all of us because there'd be nuclear missiles flying over our heads, you know, and it would be way too, I mean, because you know, he already I, said dumb stuff like we should let other people have nuclear weapons, like the nuclear proliferation, you know, treaties and all that stuff that people have been fighting for to, to reduce and try to eradicate nuclear weapons doesn't mean anything to him. He doesn't even get it. It's like he doesn't, he never read, he doesn't know anything about it. He didn't even know what the nuclear triad was. I mean, look, it's just stuff like, you know, Donald Trump is not a serious man. You know, it's great if he builds buildings and he stiffs people and whatever and doesn't pay, you know, people that he hires. He's a, he's a, he's a shy like. I agree you know, with he's you. A, he's a, I, I agree. You know, but he's exactly, you know what? He's exactly what America deserves. If, if they can allow my man to get to that level where he is, is between him and one other person to be president, he didn't force his way in there. He got a, again, Smooth talking. He he knows how to appeal to the the mentality of the people right now. And if you would allow reality star to get in there, then that's what y'all deserve. I, I, to me, like uh, we're already well, catching. I'm we're, already we're catching y'all. hell. We're so I'm, we go along for the ride. Unfortunately, hey, now, yeah, you, <laughs> you know? you're right. But some people are gonna have to. I, I'm I, I'm not saying I'm right, and I'm sort of being facetious a little bit. But 
Maybe some people just going to have to catch hell. Or we've been catching hell already, so I'm not really afraid for it to get tough. It's already... It's been tough. It ain't nothing. But it's not, it's not It's not. nuclear, nuclear I, war. I, I, ain't nobody going to. Mr. Simone said. Yeah, it ain't I don't think they're going to have nuclear end, wars. It ain't end of days tough yet. Because they're they not going to let no nuclear war happen. They're not going to let no nuclear war. They're not going to let no nuclear war happen. They don't make no money on no nuclear war. They ain't going to never allow, allow them to do that. That's well, my opinion. You got somebody like Donald Trump. I don't think you can predict. You can say that with certainty. Because, you know, he he would be the leader. He'd be the commander in chief. He's got the nuclear codes. If he decides that he wants to, I'm blowing him off the face of the earth, you know, because well, they, he didn't like what they said about the fit of his pants, you know, and then, then that's, that's, then we all got to catch hell for that. Well, we catching hell that's already. Me. That's my thing. We the only one. Yeah, but it ain't thing. end of days hell. It's something that we can. Very true. Very true. Have this conversation right now. It's, now I, I gets, agree with we you. We can't have this conversation anymore because first of all, you know, he may decide, you know, we don't like the kind of conversations they're having because he has us, you know, bugged. Oh, oh no, they doing that you know, I mean, now. So that we can't talk. They doing that now. They are brothers who are doing podcasts who got the FBI literally coming to their door asking them, what did you mean when you said this? That's happening now. So I'm, well, I'm not, sure it is, but I'm, I'm sure it ain't happening on the degree that it would be happening if Donald Trump well, were president. That's why I'm I, not I, saying I, it ain't worse. Now. It ain't bad now because it is. It's hard. It's horrendous now. You know, that's the reason why, I, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. But we got to fight. We got to we got to get in there. We got to fight. We got to do the best we can mm-hmm. to try to make this thing, you know, try to turn this stuff around and get the people in power that are going to be looking out for our best interest, not getting people in power that are going to completely go against our best interest. And that's what people need to wake up and understand. They may, they need to be made to realize that on several different levels on on my creative artistic level. I'm, I'm working with an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and through art on that level, through people demonstrating in the streets on that level, getting, you know, not just blacks, but white people involved in, as well, because it's they stand just as much to gain or lose as we do on that level. On every level, we can get people, you know, understanding that we got to move this country in a different direction. Then that's what it takes. That's what we got to do. I mean, because right. we know who's on the other side. and We know what they're fighting for. You know, we got to be fighting just as hard. And just as relentless on our on our side. Q, Q, you were going to say something. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just going to echo what Mr. Simone has said. And, and to people in the black community that say, and you're not the only one I've heard say this, Mike, that we should let Trump get in there. Uh, or I also say I completely believe that if you are using this political cycle to cast, um, what do they call it, a vote against clinton or a a vote on conscience that's great but i don't think this is the time to do that because we as black people we need to this is one time when you talk about trump we can't look at ourselves as uh an insular community we need to look at ourselves at at, on the global level as we should be anyway because to say well let's let trump get in there whatever he does is going to affect all of us not just white folks is going to affect white and black folks. And if he has the nuclear yeah. codes, then yeah. we, why are we talking about uh, cop shootings? That that becomes yeah, exactly. moot. That becomes moot. Yeah. That becomes very, very moot. And, you know, and, <laughs> thank you. Exactly. I mean, because it's like, look, you know, I mean, it's like they said that about Bush. I think a lot of blacks said, well, you know, he's an idiot. You know, just let him get in there. It'll teach people a lesson. It taught us. And now how, how long, how long have we been in this war now? 
You know, exactly. that's what the whole reason why ISIS and everything is because we did that. We, we've seen this movie already. You know, we, we let an idiot get in president, you know, and, and look what happened. And, you know, people need to understand, look, there's a cycle. You know, they had Ronald Reagan, Republican. He gets in there, digs us in a hole, creates a deficit. Reaganomics didn't work, trickle down. It's horrible. Democrats have to get in, you know. And, you know, we get in, finally get Bill Clinton in there. He's fighting away, you know, and, and builds it up. And we have a surplus, trillions of dollars in surplus, right? And then, you know, people aren't satisfied because it's that, you know, well, he's doing too many programs, you know, for poor people. So then they hire another Republican, you know, and then Bush gets in there and digs us in a hole again. You know, so we're down again. And now, you know, Obama's in and digging us, digging us out of the hole again, you know. And it's like, now here's the thing that people aren't talking about. You know, this would be the first time in history if, if, if Hillary Clinton, a Democrat, can get in with Democratic positions and Democratic views and a Democratic agenda. It would be the first time in history that we've had more than an eight-year system in place to keep pu- uh, pushing a positive agenda forward. You know, that means criminal justice system. The stuff that, he's, that Obama's put in place will keep moving forward instead because when Republicans get in, believe me, all the gains that we made, you know, and that we've made gains. It's just people haven't, you know, it's hard, you know, it's like a, like moving a big giant ship and trying to get it to turn. It ain't, it ain't like it's going to turn right away. It took eight years to dig us in this hole, you know, so it's going to take a long time to get us out. But just imagine if we had four or eight more years of going in the right direction, as opposed to having it all scrapped over again, you know, getting rid of all the different things that we had to fight for, literally, and get to go in, you know, health care, all that stuff that really people, you know, they spend millions of dollars making all that stuff seem negative. Like they spend millions of dollars making Hillary seem negative. Like they spend millions of dollars. I mean, corporations have a vested interest in keeping things the way that they are. They make money. You know, all these, all these vaccines that make no sense at all. You know, these are corporation creations. You know, they're, they're things that make corporations tons and tons of money. The reason, again, why the 1%, you know, have more money than the 98%, you know. So it's like, look, you know, I mean, you know, people have to get out and vote. You have to get out and vote and you have to vote. You know, I hate to say it, but you have to vote for people who are, you know, who have your best interest at hand. Does Donald Trump have your best interest, interest at hand? No. He never cared about anybody other than himself, other than himself period, before, you know, thinking, oh, I think I'll run for president. Never. You know, what he did was he has a string of lawsuits, one of which is a discrimination because he didn't want black people, you know, renting in his, in his units, in his, in his housing units. So he put on their C for colored people. And so the people, <laughs> when it came through, they knew, okay, we're not going to, they can't, they can't rent here. Right. I mean, Donald so, Trump is a hustler. He is, he's everything, you know, he, he, he's not a politician. He's just a business dude only out for himself, which a lot of right. Americans are only out for themselves. That's why I say, you don't get exactly what you president for sure. I agree with you. I, I agree. I'm, my only thing is, is I'm not, we just have different opinions, but my thing is, hey, I'm not voting this year. Right, I don't make any. I don't make no bones about it. I, res- okay. I respect. Listen, I, res- I respect everyone who does. I don't say it's bad enough. You have a right to make a decision. My thing is, I'm. I don't like neither one of them, and I don't feel like I need to compromise. That's my stance as a man. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody, but that's my. Well, but opinion. you are. But you are compromising though. When you the second you don't vote, 
You're, you're well, voting. Well, then you're voting. So, so be it. You're voting. So, so be okay. it. But that's what, okay. that's my decision. Right. So I'm saying like <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm, but so for me, neither one of them are going to change nothing I got going. I, I look back all the way from uh, early 90s when I really kind of stepped out on my own and started doing things, had to do stuff. No matter who came in president, I still had to get up every morning. I still had to get out there and fight and do everything I had to do for me and my family. And and it, and I did what I had to do. You know, you pray about it. I work hard. Uh, and, and it wasn't nothing given. It still had to really get out there and hustle and get it popping. It didn't to me when Bush happened. It didn't nothing. It didn't change me that I could understand. Now maybe on some local <laughs> levels, on on some local levels, I saw the well, different well, hold changes. On, hold on a second. Hold on. Just, yes, sir. Just hold on a second. <laughs> right. right I, let him. Let when Bush let's came go. In, let's nothing go. Changed let's go. You. Wait a second. Now, if, if if I'm not mistaken, there was wars that happened. Now, I don't know if For your sure. kids or anybody you know got involved in that war, but a lot of people's kids did get in that get involved in that war and got maimed and killed. True. And then. Your taxes go up. I mean, so yes. you're affected by stupidity. So, uh, uh, so on like a said, certain level, not but... voting is a vote. Well, I mean, I voted all those times, right? So I did vote all those times. And yeah, they're going to do what they want to do. If you want to start a war, we're not going to stop them to do from doing a Gulf War that I understood. Mike, Mike if Trump right? gets in, yes. who, who knows how he's going to change the tax codes? Uh, I don't it, know. It's, right, but what I'm saying, that would, that would affect you. Maybe you don't see it right off the bat. But that will affect you. It will affect how much comes out of your paycheck every two weeks or every week or every month. That's quite possible. But I'm still going to get up and do what I got to do regardless. But I would also I would also say this. You know, you obviously believe in evolution, right? I believe in evolution. Right? Yeah. You, we all should be able to believe in evolution. Are and, you talking about like in terms of how people were created? No, not going quite back there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm talking about evolution from where we were in the 60s, you know, when, you know, when uh, Martin Luther King, you know, we couldn't vote. And oh, all gotcha, the gotcha. Stuff. That wasn't that long ago. For sure, right. You know, I mean, people had to fight, people had to vote, and, you know, and for you to take that vote for granted. I don't take it for take granted. It for granted. I, I don't take it for granted. Oh, okay, well. Well, but I'm just saying, I make a decision. For a lot of people, equates to well, no, you have the freedom to to vote, right? We they fought for that. I'm not saying you don't. You have a freedom to do to make a choice. That's true. So that that that's my God given freedom. That's what I'm saying. I as right, a right, man right. make this choice. I'm Absolutely. not negating what some other ancestors may have done or whatever. <laughs> that's the choice and the things they needed to fight for. I respect that. I'm not saying you well, shouldn't vote. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't vote. I'm saying this is what I'm but, doing. But you do realize that that evolutionary process allows you to go to any restaurant you want. For sure. Any hotel you want, you know, and live the kind of life that you say nothing changed for you. A well, lot no, has I, changed I, for I you. understand that. God, you know, a, a I understand. A hell of a lot has changed for you. And, and you need for to make sure. sure you make sure that a hell of a lot changes for your children and for your grandchildren. Right. But I know that so, God I mean, made it's, these it's choices for me, not me man. To, believe, to hear anybody say that they're not going to vote. That well, it doesn't I can mean respect anything. that. Because if the people back then didn't vote, then we wouldn't, I wouldn't be sitting here. And I, I, for I, sure. Strong possibility, you wouldn't be able to go to, I don't know, any, any store, whatever store you go to. Right. I, I, I look problem. at it. So I look at it this way. And I hear what you're saying. I don't totally respect what you're saying. I, I look at the same mm-hmm. ways when they say like the military, they fight for the right for you to say you don't want to uh, pledge allegiance or whatever. You wouldn't have those freedoms 
if the military or whoever, you know, wasn't in charge to make sure mm-hmm. you had those freedoms. But that doesn't negate that you can't make those choices, right? Just as no, absolutely. A, you can so, make those So that's choices. what I'm trying to say. It's like, I understand why I can make this choice. Right. You see what I'm saying? I understand why you can make that choice, too. Right. And, you know, and believe me, you, if that's a choice you want to make, I back you 199%. But I would not, I'd be remiss in my duties not to have a conversation <laughs> I with feel you. you. To try I, to get you to change your mind. And I respect and cast that. Your vote. I respect you know, that. I mean, if, if at the end of the day I didn't make my argument, okay, you know, go on ahead. Well, no, that's, know, and that's, that's how we. Where you're coming from. That's how we dialogue like, okay. as men. That's what I'm saying. So, so I, I respect yeah, that because me personally, I don't need nobody to back up. <laughs> I can I can hopefully you understand me as I would understand you, but that's what I'm no, saying. Absolutely, but you know, here's the thing because you know I very seldom come across people with that with that um, oh, for perspective. Sure. So it's you. good to be able to hear that perspective. So when I talk to other people, I can I can understand that perspective. There you go. You know, it's hard for me. Yeah. I mean, I you know, you know, people can do whatever they want. You know, I mean, there's people who go out and you know blow up buildings. You know. And, and go out and, you know, rape and kill and do all kinds of stuff that makes no sense to me. And they can find a way to justify it. You know, and until you talk to them and they say, well, the reason why, you know, that little, you know, 10-year-old girl looked good to me was because whatever. You know? <laughs> why, why are you trying to quit? You know, <laughs> well, no, no, no. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not, we're not going just, on all that. Come on. Now. I'm just thinking about, no, 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 I'm not, look. I'm not trying to equate anything to that. I'm just using examples sure. of a lot of different people who have different w- views right. that I don't share. You know, because there's a lot of them out there. You know, and, right? I, you some know, people I mean, love just, to eat just, pork. You know, some one of the people things, don't. I'm very passionate about voting I and about the, the 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 need for people to vote. But you know, I also am passionate about you know fighting for somebody who says they don't want to vote. You know, right? That's I mean, cool. So if you say you don't want to vote, you know what? Hey, you know what? That is your prerogative. And you got your reasons, you know. And I, so there. I wanted to go ahead, Q. Jump in, jump in. I want to ask Mr. Simone, what what do you, what's your opinion on? Now, I, you sound very political. I was a little nervous mm-hmm. about asking any kind of political questions because that's religion <laughs> and politics. You don't want to approach it. But um, I wanted to ask you your opinion on what do you say to people in the black community who feel like. Uh, they don't want to support Obama because they feel that he had uh, he had two terms and he didn't really address issues in the black community that that he turned his back on the black community. I, I'm I'm thinking directly of Cornell West. I'm thinking of mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, I think Tavis Smiley has turned around a little bit on this, but I run into a lot of people of color that say <clears throat> they will not support. Uh, Obama, they they won't vote for Trump, but they'll they'll vote for a third party candidate, which in effect splits the Democratic vote and paves right. the way for Trump to get into office. What, what's your take on that on that uh, on that mindset that they're not they're going to not support Obama because he hasn't done enough for the black community? Well, I think first of all, I don't agree with that. I think Obama's done a lot for the black community, but I think you know it's never enough. But you know, people have to understand first of all, Obama wasn't wasn't you know. Uh, made king, he was president, and as president of the United States, you you have Congress to deal with. And in his first, you know, uh, uh, first term, you know, and the first part of it, he had you know a Democrat uh, House and Senate, and he was able to get a lot of stuff done 
And I think he didn't realize he was going to have to deal with what he was going to have to deal with. I don't think he realized that he had people that were completely hell-bent against stopping everything that he tried to do. You know, now, and, and that's, that's first and foremost. You have to understand the reality of, of somebody like him, the reality of his position. He can't just get in there and say, now that I'm president, you know, I'm president of black people and I'm just going to do stuff for black people. He's president of the United States of America. And when he got in, you know, we had, he, he was faced with absolute disaster. It's like if you, if you, if you went to your house, if you, you, or you moved in a new house and you came there and just your first day walking in the house, you had like a stack full of mail. You got to read the, and all that mail is like life or death stuff. You got to go through it. Oh, oil spill. There's oil spilling off the Gulf, you know, at what is it? I forget what, a, a billion barrels an hour or something crazy like that. That's, that's ca- catastrophic. You got to deal with it. You know, you got a war, is it, th- was it three wars or two wars that were happening when he walked in the door? You got to deal with that. You got like, you know, um, complete intransigence with the House and the Senate already fighting people creating situations that you got to deal with. You know, I mean, you got, you know, you got a criminal justice system that you got to get your head around. You know, you already got the day he went in, you got, you know, um, Jesse Jackson saying he wanted to crush his balls or some shit like that. <laughs> you know, you got um, Cornell West and Tavis Smiley from day one against him. You know, so, I mean, you know, and then you got to, and then you have a life, you have a wife and you have kids. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of, there's only so many things. And then you, you got, you know, Bin Laden who was out on the loose. You got complete, you know, I mean, I could keep going, you know, complete deterioration already, you know, of the whole Middle East. You got Israel. That's an ongoing battle that's been going on. And you're, you're trying to, there's fires. It's like walking into a complete shitstorm. Fires everywhere. You know, and you got to figure out how you're going to put out all these fires. And you start, put, you know, you, oh, I forgot about the housing crisis. <laughs> he walked in and that was there, too. You know, so, you know, and the auto, the auto crisis. I mean, you know, it's like, look, <laughs> you know, there's only so many fires you can put out. And you have to realize, you know, you can't go right in and say, I'm not going to put any of those fires out. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to do whatever I can do to help black America. You know, I'm going to let the Middle East burn. I'm going to let, you know, um, you know uh, the Gulf, you know, I'm going to let all that oil spill out. I'm not going to, you know, deal with the Corps of Engineers. You know, I, there was like, I forgot about the hurricanes, the whole thing that, you know, um, him and uh, him and Charlie Chris, you know, in, in, in Florida and him and, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Chris Krispy Kreme. Uh, yeah, right, right, I'm not going right. to deal with that. You know, it's like, it's just, it's like, you know, it, 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 you, you just have to put yourself in a position and not to mention with, you know, with, with whatever else is happening that we will never probably didn't know or will never know about when a president walks in. when that's like the North Koreans and, you know, all the other people that have, you know, probably nuclear weapons pointed right at us. Not to mention, you know, what we got going up in the sky. Not to mention, you know, Area 51 and all the possibilities that that probably is when you walk through the door. You know, I mean, there's so many aspects to being the president of the United States that you got to put, you got to, you got to, you know, you, you got to deal with one thing at the, and, and believe me, I'm sure that on his major and his agenda is dealing with black issues because he's dealt with them on many, many levels. But when you have a Congress that is not willing to do anything, anything, because they want to make you look bad because you're the first black president, they, mm-hmm. their goal is to make you look bad because they don't want any other black president coming behind 
to show them up. It's like, you know, I mean, like in football and basketball, you know, I mean, they were trying to hit court black quarterbacks and they were trying to kill them because they didn't want them coming and thinking that they could be a black right. quarterback. Right. Like How? black coaches. They came in and they tried to make them look bad because they didn't want them to be black coaches. With, with all of so, that, you know, with all that said, I mean, couldn't just say with, with all of that said, uh, mm-hmm. going into, you know, we got new presidents coming, right? It's either going to be Clinton mm-hmm. or uh, Trump. What do black people, you know, and I'm, I'm bringing it back to blacks because we, you know, albums called Black Men, or Black Men America. Right. We're all black men. What do we do then if, if we are sort of, it's a totem pole sort of thing, sort of how you laid out. What are we going to do? Because right now, we, again, as I said, it's not necessarily new, but it's more present to the mindset in terms of the shootings and you know black lives matter and a lot of the unrest that's going on in america uh it's magnified it seems what do we do to deal with that how do we we're the men how do we change that because as you said if obama couldn't deal with these other elements i don't know how trump or hillary are going to deal with these internal racial elements how do we though as the ones getting shot and are the victims of this situation? What do? And I'm going to hear from everybody. What do we do then to ch- turn this around if they're not going to be able to do it? Now, I think again, you know, we have to vote for people who have our best interest at hand. That's that's the start because you can't. You know, it's either that or we have to we have to fight. We have to get guns and we have to go out and fight. And we don't want to go there yet. What we want to do is first we want to get people in office. You know, I mean, and. You know, believe it or not, Obama has made strides. We have to get somebody that's going to continue what he started, you know, because you got to start somewhere, you know. And if we can vote and we can get a House, you know, or a Senate, because I think we can get Senate. We might not be able to get the House. But if we can at least, at least get the Senate, then mm-hmm. the president has, when he puts things in, in the law, because there's lots of laws that Obama put in place that he couldn't get through to, to pass through the House and the Senate because they were you know, Republicans controlled it and they blocked it, you know, and then Obama gets blamed because he's the president. People say, oh, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. No, no, he couldn't get it through the House and the Senate. So if we vote, then we can vote in a Senate and a House that will be willing to work with Obama because, you know, I mean, unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where it's just it comes down to Democrats and Republicans. So you got to make up your mind who's behind the people. Republicans are behind corporations. That's who, that's who funds them. That's who pays them. That's whose bidding they do. So Democrats are behind people. That's who's fighting for the people. So you have a very stark choice. It is what it is. You know, so it's like two football teams going against each other, except half one team has people who really don't want you to win on your side. And so you're throwing the ball to somebody who you don't know, but they're really on the other team. So, okay. you know, it's well, like, look, yeah. Go ahead, Q. I'm saying, well, Mrs. Simone, I, I agree with you, but we, to be fair, we have to acknowledge that Hillary Clinton, <clears throat> some of her biggest backers of corporations, she, she was charging up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars a speech for uh, to speak at Goldman Sachs, and you know, right. so so that, that's one thing I have to, in all good conscience, admit that both parties are beholden to corporate structure, but I do think there's one side that. They're not going to be uh, lowering taxes on the wealthy. They're going to they're trying to increase taxes on the wealthy. So that's that's a defining value for me as why I'm going to vote Democrat this year. But both parties right. got a lot of skeletons in their closet, to be honest. I, I want to reel well, it back, though. I want to reel it back to the question, though, in terms of black America and the racial mm-hmm. 
problems that are going on in, in terms of the shooting and different things. How do we deal with that? I heard about the, the taxes and stuff, and, and unless you can explain how that going to stop the shooting. Wh- what do we do? How do we solve this? Well, like I said, you know, you, again, it, it really does. I have to circle back around to voting. You know, I mean, because you can't, you know, uh, you, you're, you can't get rid of the police force. You can't do it. We have to have, you know, policing in this society mm-hmm. that we live in today. Yeah. You know, and nothing happens overnight. It just doesn't. We're just, you know, it's just there's too many moving parts. There's too many people. There's, uh, we, we, you know, we live in a land, you know, a diverse cultural existence, you know. Um, but what you got to do, and I have to, like I said, I have to circle back around to being involved, you know, getting involved. You know, people like me, singing out, saying what I'm doing, speaking out. And, you know, I mean, I just did an interview with CNN. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get enough attention you know, through the music that I do and the things that I say so that when I step on these programs Mm -hmm. and I talk to these people, I can be a voice, you know, and I can be a strong voice and I can say, listen, this is what's going to happen. If I get enough people behind me, I can say, listen, now you better listen to me. Otherwise, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start talking to the people about some other stuff, maybe a couple of different ways of doing things from a different perspective. So right now I'm coming and I'm trying to talk to you like, like I got some sense of like, you got some sense of we can respect each other, you know, cause we don't want to have to go in any other directions. That's not, it doesn't have to be that way, but you know, but we have to do what we got to do. But mm-hmm. I just, I, I really think that getting involved in the process, voting, voting locally, voting for your local representatives, Congress people, cause that's how this stuff works. And, and they want people to be ignorant. They want people to not know about how this stuff works. They want it to be razzle-dazzle and confusing and, you know, so people don't get out there and vote, you know? That's what they want. They, you, they win when people don't vote. They cheer. They're like, they pay people extra money that get people to not vote and to get into that mindset because they want corporations win. That's, that's their dream because if people ever understood, all you got to do is go vote. You know, Mike, my son asked me, you know, he was talking, he's like, how come they don't, he said, how come they don't, you know, you know we're talking the same thing because he didn't vote. He said, well, they don't ever fix our street. You know, I said, well, did you vote for your, 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 the person in your district? You know, no. Yeah, well, who do you think is going to come out there and give a, a hell uh, uh, anything about your area, about your street, if you didn't vote for them? They ain't going to come and fix your streets or your neighborhood because you didn't vote. Mm-hmm. You know who voted? The people in that other, other district. Why don't you go over to that district if the police will let you in there? Go over there and take a look at their street. I'll bet their streets are clean. You know why? Because they voted. They voted. They voted that person in. Right. That vote person that came and started, you know, they went and they voted. They said, listen, that person has my best interest. You know, you didn't vote. So, you know, nobody cares. So if you don't vote, you don't count. And neither does anything you care about. So, I mean, it's really kind of, you know, it is what it is. You know, you got to, if you want to know how to change stuff, you got to understand how the system works. You got to get in there. You got to find out who's got your best interest. You got to vote for them. You got to support them. You got to get behind them. And you got to, you know, and, and it's nothing changes overnight. But if you can get that whole thing in people's minds that you got to vote, you got to be a part of the process. And eventually, you know, things will change. I mean, we got a black president. That was something that would have been unheard of. Yeah, he could have done a lot more. I think he could have done a lot more. But I understand, you know, what he was up against, you know, but 
maybe next time it can go a little bit further. Maybe next time it go a little bit further. Because mm-hmm. if you look back to where we came from, just in the 60s, you know, we weren't even allowed to vote. You know, I mean, so, you know, and anybody that said anything about it got shot down. You know, some people were being hung in the streets, period. And they were having parties at, at the state fair. They're getting shot right you know? now. <laughs> well, they're getting shot right now. But, you know, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, I, I can't it ain't got nothing to do with voting. <laughs> but, no, but I hear you, though. I, well, I hear it does saying. have something to do with voting. But you're right. Because the police force is what has something to do with voting. You know, yes. I mean, the fact that you got, you know, the fraternal order of police that endorsed Donald Trump, which is the oldest police force, mm-hmm. you know, on record you know, in this country. You know, I mean, those are things that people should be marching and speaking about and standing up and speaking on, you know. So there are things people can do. It's it's work. It ain't easy. For sure. But revolution ain't easy. You know, mm-hmm. Evolution is not easy. None of that stuff is easy. It wasn't easy for Martin Luther King or Martin Luther King Jr. or his sisters and all those, or Coretta, who had to be there, you know, after he got assassinated. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy for John F. Kennedy, who was trying to make changes, who got assassinated. Right. It wasn't uh, easy for Malcolm X, who got assassinated. It wasn't an easy, it wasn't easy for anybody, you know, who stood up. The Black Panthers, it wasn't easy for them. Mm-hmm. And when they were trying to stand up and do things, it, you know, change is never easy. Change is ugly. Yep. You know, change is hard. Yeah. But you got to do it. You know, you got to do it. Education, you know, getting a great education is not easy. It's hard, you know, but you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it ain't like somebody's going to say, here, here's, here's a degree to whatever, and here's a great job, and here's a great thing, and here's free passage through the world, and, and here, it's, it's, life is going to be great. No, you got to fight for that stuff, you know? All right. Uh, Big Sexy, I didn't hear your opinion. What do you think uh, we need to do as, as black men out here? Well, I want to co-sign and maybe expand on what Andre was saying. Uh, in order to facilitate any changes, a person, any person, has to be a part of the discussion. And you can't be a part of the discussion if you will not exercise the rights that you have. You've got to get out there and vote. You've got to get out there and be involved. You know, a lot of us need to open up a book for once. A lot of us need to step away from the reality nonsense and, you know, see what's really going on and don't be so quick to follow a sound bite of what yeah. could be something completely inaccurate upon further viewing. Uh, here in California, got several years ago, and we've talked about this, there was an incident at a university where the cops, you know, pepper sprayed a bunch of students and people freaked out. I said, did you see the whole videotape? Well, no. Watch the whole videotape. Oh, Okay. And when you watch the whole thing, you see exactly what happened. You know, things aren't as cut and dried as they would appear to be because of a, you know, 10-second soundbite. So if a person, I'll use Andre's example, with his son, if your street is potholed up, you got to get out there and do something about it. You know, you need to call up your local people and say, look, get on this. Mm-hmm. And if right. they don't get on it, you know what, we'll make a movie, get somebody in who will. It's really that simple to get it started. It's really it that is. simple, yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, in Minneapolis, you know, I know who, who and I don't even live there, you know, but Keith Ellison, he's the only uh, Muslim, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. black Muslim. You know, I mean, I know him. I grew up with him. You know, he, I mean, he and my brother were, you know, did some work together. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, there's people out there that you got to get behind, you got to support. And Minneapolis is progressive. It's, it's, I mean, people are getting, you know, that's where uh, Philando, uh, 
Philando. Philando. What's his last name? Castillo. Yes. So. Castillo. Um, that's where he was murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so and and and, and um, you know, um, there's another brother that was killed as well. I mean, so you know, it's it's not per- nothing is ever perfect. But the thing is, is you got to get you know the police to be accountable for what they do, and whatever that takes. And you got to get leaders, and you got to get people, you know, to get involved in the process. Otherwise, it's never going to change. In fact, it's not going to change, and it's only going to get worse. Because I think what they're doing now is that, that, that you know, because it, it's 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 increasing where it should be decreasing. Because there's a, there's been a magnifying, there's been a magnoscope on it right now, and it, you would think that they would be doing less instead of more. And so I'm starting to think that maybe the thing is if we just desensitize people and get people to into some notion that this is just normal. That, that's that they exactly what they're anything. doing. They'll be quiet. That's they'll start, exactly they'll start, what they're doing. They won't march and they won't do this. And, you know, it should be, it should be getting worse. It should be, we should be marching more and saying more and being out more vocal and more involved instead of less. And so, I, you know, I just think we, we, we have to look at this, you know, um, as if we're, we're being attacked. You know, and I hate to say that. And, and I think as black people, we have to, ourselves, we have to look in the mirror. You know, because we have to take a look at ourselves and we have to deal mm-hmm. with uh, some of our own stuff that we got to deal with. Right. You know, I mean, because, you know, it ain't, you know, I don't want to get off, you know, because I think we got to deal with what we got to deal with first. But I think just as, as, as a culture, you know, there's some things we got to deal with and we got to show up, you know, just on our own. Whether, they, whether we were, you know, a society in and out, onto ourselves. You know, if I were the leader of that society, I'd be, I'd be, and, I, and, and somebody made me president or whatever. I'd say we need to deal with this, this, and this, and this, just on our own. But that's that's our own shit. That's like you know, that's like me looking at my house and going like, I need to deal with this, and I, you know, and we all know there's stuff in our house that we got to deal with, but we just ain't got time to deal with it. But there's things in our own house we got to deal with. Yeah, that's kind of um, what I wanted we'll to be, touch we'll on is to say that. <laughs> And that's my whole thing. Until we get the respectability amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. they're gonna keep shooting us down because yes, they don't because re- they, they, they see that we don't respect it, <laughs> right? If, that's it, that's, you know that's what, I mean? what I'm talking about. And that's why, like, no. uh, you, when you touched on, you know, you think they're pushing it. I think they're sort of making it to the point where you, this is such the norm that after a while, you just don't even pay attention anymore. And it's like, oh, somebody else yeah. got shot. Oh, yeah, there was another one last week. I, I don't even. No, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I forget. That's why. I mean, I, I used to know his name. I could, I could pull it up instantly. But now it's like we got Keith Lamont Scott. We got like you know so many other names that have you know been you know Mike Brown. We got Sandra, uh, you know um, Sandra Bland. Oh, Sandra Bland. See, this is what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, it's just there's been so many names. Those are just people that made the headline. Right. I mean, there's just there's there's literally thousands of other people that haven't made the headline, and so it's just well, it's 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 a cancer right now, is what we're dealing with, and you know we have to, and we have to do everything we can, you know, as Americans, but as Black people because the focus is on Black people, you know, it's like it'd be different, you know, if it, if every time we turned on the TV it was the police, you know, killing a white guy, instead we turn on the police. And it's police letting this white guy wave guns around and, you know, and that's like waving it around and waving knives around. And they finally tackle it down on the grass and then they're all laughing on the way to the car. You know, I mean, that's our reality. 
and we got to do, we can't just stand because eventually it's going to hit us. Eventually it's going to hit you. It's going to hit me. You know, it's going to hit somebody that we really care about. You know, see, to me, anybody, I already care. I didn't, I didn't know Philando, but it hit me like he was my right, brother. Right. You know, I didn't know, you know, Alton Sterling, but that hit me like he was my brother. I didn't know Sandra Bland, but that hit me like she was my sister, you know, because she is, you know, and so I got to stand up and I got to speak out, you know, because, you know, I'm not going to wait for it to be, you know, my actual sister or my actual brother. My actual brother have already been, they've already been down that road. So I already know how it feels, you know, so it's like, you know, it's just, it's, we, we, we got to get it. And you're right. You know, we, we got to respect each other and that's something we got to do. We got to clean house. We got to respect each other. And that's something that we got to come to grips on because that whole divide and conquer thing, they've done that and they've done it well. And they've got us, you know, in a lot of ways, pitting ourselves against okay. each other. That, that's you know? entirely and, true, man. I mean, it's the thing is yeah. when it does happen, an unfortunate thing is, and I hate to say it, when it does happen to one of us, we would have been so desensitized as the community that ain't nobody going to care. And yeah. that's where they're going to see that. That's where the, that's where the divide is because it's like, well, the narrative is to find the problem with the victim. What did he not do to make, yeah. you know, or what yeah. was in his past that, oh, it, that's why he got shot because he was a criminal back then. So they're going to do, so yeah, that's, they that's do the that. thing. So when it happens to me, that's what they're going to try and do. And my own people yeah. were going to do that because they don't seen it yeah. so many times. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I think that's what I'm saying. To me, the media is sort of playing into it because again, there was a white kid that got killed. I don't know if you see it on your timeline sometimes, but there was a young white boy who got murdered by the cops and you don't see that on the news yeah. because they didn't got, they yeah, know no, that don't that. play yeah. toward the narrative of what they're trying to do. So they're exactly. not going to put that on the front street. They're going to put the black, you know, even this, the one with Mr. Scott, that was a black officer who did that. Now, you notice they don't pump his face on, they don't pump his face on TV. Like they pumped the white lady who shot the guy sitting in the car, uh, the, right. the one with the helicopter but there's a reason why right. they don't because right. that ain't that don't fit their narrative to show the black officer <laughs> shooting the, white, yeah. the black person it fits to show the white person shooting a black person because that's what they want to pump up yeah no that's you know the media is definitely well but the media is a corporation the media is definitely you know a major part of the problem their whole thing is a, it, they're a business like private prisons are a business you know, like pharmaceutical companies are businesses, like chemical companies are businesses. The media is a business. And some of the biggest clients are blacks. Mm. And the narrative that, you know, police against blacks, that's, 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 people will tune in to see that. You know, a black getting killed in the black community by police. People will tune in to see that. It brings up ratings, you know, and they make money. That's, that's how they make money. So that's, anything other than that you know if it made money they'd show it but it doesn't make money it doesn't drive up rating I think you know, part of it the majority also. of people that watch that are white folks and white folks want to see blacks getting killed on TV I mean let's just face it you know that's what we're dealing with you know so I mean but again it's up to us to change that nobody else is going to change that narrative because right. it doesn't it's in nobody else's best interest except ours so Again, if we, you know, I hate to say this, but if we don't vote and if we don't get involved in the process, then they win. Then it's never, that's just saying, I give up. It's never going to change. And there we go. That's it. Until somebody like Donald Trump gets in and then ends it all. And then we're done. And the end of the world is, is coming. And if we, you know, hopefully if we, whatever the next world is, 
you know, people are smarter. What were you going to say, Big Sexy? I'm sorry. Well, I think part of this also, you know, with the media, for lack of a better word, manipulation, all, some of that's in our own backyard as well. You know, online, you can see countless images from things like world star hip hop, you know, and we have got to get a lot of people in that circumstance to accept and understand that what they see, and it may be real, but that is not the norm. You know, when you see that image so many times, you, you know, to use uh, what was said earlier, you get desensitized to it and you think that's the norm as opposed to the exception, which in truly reality, what it really is, it's the exception. It's not the norm, but all you see is that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I've said before, about you know all of us and I'll put you in this group as well Andre if there is mm-hmm. an incident and we're standing there watching it and it's newsworthy they're not going to talk to us they're going to talk to Leroy with the shower cap on his head sagging because right, exactly no you're so right yeah. oh yeah I've seen it happen yeah, a million so times right. you know people roll up on me yeah. all the time they ask me what I do I say I'm a lawyer you are? yeah you don't look like a lawyer what the fuck does a lawyer look like? You know, so we have to get away from that yeah. that narrow mindedness. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely, also, yeah, absolutely right. I also want to add, um, and I I can't take credit for this uh, idea. I, I don't know if it was Bill Maher or someone else who said this, but we need to also look at. I know there's states' rights, Tenth Amendment, all that good stuff, but we need to look at um, maybe turning over the training of police across the country, making that a national. <clears throat> a national program as opposed to a state's program so that there is um, a uh, a paradigm, is that the word, or a protocol that every state has to follow in terms of training their police on how to handle uh, stops and pullovers, no matter what the race of the person is, but primarily to handle this issue that we're dealing with right now. Uh, I, 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 again, I can't remember who spoke about that, but I think that's something we have to look at, too. We're not training the police. I think that's, I think ahead, that's a I'm brilliant sorry. idea, and I think I remember hearing that as well. Because it is. I mean, because right now, the way, they, the way they, they have a system in place, and it's an old boy, good old boy system, you know, passed down to kids and, and, and nepotism and all that other kind of stuff. You know, and the, like I said, the fraternal order of police, you know, they're the good old boy system, and they've got so many things. They've got businesses in place that's been in place for years, you know, decades, you know, you know, probably centuries, you know, um, that just that cater to a certain type of police officer and a certain type of policing. They have their system. They don't want it to change. It's not going to change until, unless we vote and voting people who are going to change the laws. And we have to demand that these things change. Now, these are some of the things that Obama has been bringing up. It's not easy. These are people that are powerful, you know, and, and the, the problem with making that change is because they say, well, then we're just going to we're going to go on strike, you know. And then, you know, obviously, I mean, that's that's they're they're in the ultimate position of unfortunate power because then, you know, you know, people feel like, well, the police are going to, you know, there's nobody on police our streets, you know. So then you have to, you know, you have to take it to that other step, which Obama talked about doing, you know, and that's doing uh, um, the National Guard. You know, and having them police until we put martial. a different police uh, um, force in place. Martial law. You know, and just take them. Yeah, martial law. Take them out of the mix altogether. But I, you know, in my opinion, that's what I think needs to happen. I think we're already there. I think I think 
in, in every state. And I think just what you just said, you know, is I think they need to have one standard that needs to come from, you know, uh, needs to be a national standard instead of a local standard, you know, because if they don't do that, you know, if you can't, you know, if they don't do that, then you're, we're going to be beholden to the same system that has no real incentive to change. Of course, they're going to say, well, we're going to do this and they'll go through the aesthetics. You know, they'll say, we've done that and we've done that. And we've made this change and we've made that change. But the bottom line is police officers are getting away with murder left and right, period. They are getting away with murder. And it makes no sense to anybody who has a, a you know, an iota of logistics floating around in their head. You know, it makes no logical sense. It doesn't, you know, if you kill somebody, no matter who you are, you know, if it was wrongful, you know, you should be found guilty and you should go to prison. Or, you know, maybe they need to bring back the electric chair. Maybe people start thinking about being electrocuted because I remember back in the old days, wow. everybody used to crack jokes <laughs> about that. You know, I don't want to get electrocuted. <laughs> now, you know, now it's like they don't talk about being electrocuted because now it's like, well, they don't give you some, you know, drugs. But now people don't even want to, you know, pharmaceutical companies don't want to put their drugs because they don't want that bad name on their company. You know, and so now they don't know what to do anymore. So it's just, it doesn't, we, we are so, we're in such a weird place right now. Yeah, I see. I, that, I, you know, I mean. You know, the pushback on what that federal sort of training thing, I guess the pushback would be, where does it stop? You know, you want to federalize everything? What do the local state, I mean, I'm just saying, these are what the people are going to say, right? Well, well the right. federal government tells us, you know, what they can do in our schools, you know, that was a, that happened in a couple of weeks with the bathrooms. Now they're telling us about the police force. Now they may tell, you know, so I, you, to me, that was well, like, I could see a civil war start up with some of these Anything people. that happens, anything that involves life or death, the, the federal government is involved. They, 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 they uh, mandates us an age for cigarettes, for alcohol. <clears throat> I think right. for driver's licenses, I could be wrong about that. Right. Well, I mean, you have like Maybe marijuana, which is legal here in Washington, but federally it's not so, legal. So I mean, there's right. So if it's, if we're talking about cops killing people, why yeah. shouldn't why what is the problem? Well, why I, not try it out? I guess legally, those cops are not they're not convicted of murder. I don't know how many of them have actually been. Those were wrong killings. That's the problem. You know, that's part of the problem. But they never get charged for these killings, right? They get paid administrative right. leave, and then they go transferred somewhere else or something right wait, wait, and then wait, the wait, story wait. goes go ahead. Um, go ahead it's really not that simple part of the whole paid administrative leave i don't agree with it either but if you go ahead and take that away from these people who are, who are dirty let's be straight here you're going to have a constitutional argument of due process and the unions are going to raise holy hell and that's going to just make it all worse, and that will act as a smokescreen to the real issue, which is this cop shot this person with no justification. Oh, no, exactly. You're right. right. No, I'm saying in terms of, I'm not saying there's a problem with administrative leave. I'm just saying they're not normally not found guilty. Like usually, at the end of the thing, is they don't even get charged, or they. I don't know if that's accurate or not because well, look at the was that the one with Freddie Gray, or, uh, the thing in D.C. with the young lady, the sister that was trying to prosecute. Didn't all they of them, all got off? They walked, man. Yeah. <laughs> I want to follow this new one, though, with the woman who said, you know, who well, shot the but, guy. But here, here, Let's follow here's that. the thing. Yeah, she she's being charged, but she's it ain't over yet. Cause yeah, yeah, it ain't over They've been yeah, charged like this. the guy who shot Mike Brown got charged, you know. True. But as time went by and they, they, let, they, they said, you know, just chill. 
Let a little time go by. Let people forget. Let them stop rioting. Let them stop marching. Let people forget about it for a while. And then we'll hear, like, in some small print, you know, the lady that, you know, uh, Betty, what a, what a Betty, Betty, however I forget what her name was, she gets, she's released and, you know, she was found not guilty, you know, due to insufficient evidence in small print somewhere. And people, you know, and media ain't going to make a big deal out of it. You know, they might say a thing about it. You know, people would be like, wait a second. I remember what was her name again? Because I'm having a hard time remembering her name because so much stuff has happened. Right. You know, and then the next thing you know, it just gets forgotten about. And man, to, you know, to me, so, the ultimate one of that is, uh, oh boy, I don't even like to say his name, but the Trayvon situation, man. Yeah. Oh, Zimmerman. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I mean, that, Zimmerman, yeah. Clown, man. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, and he, and he, he makes, he makes the absolute example of who these people are because he wasn't an actual police person, but he's the mentality of, of most of these police people, you know? And if they weren't, actually a police person they'd be going around doing just what he's doing beating women you know still pulling their guns out on people shooting people shooting pulling a shotgun out here and, get, and getting away with it left and right so you know and if believe me if he was black first of all if he was black and he shot anybody he'd be underneath the jail but if he was black and he shot people somebody and got away with it and kept on shooting people kept on getting caught with a gun and then beating some woman and told saying that she's gonna he's gonna shoot her and all that other crazy stuff that he did I mean, and he's, how can you still be out? I and, mean, I, and then he sold anyway, a gun or I mean, something like that. Something crazy. He sold the gun that he shot Trayvon with. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it just wild, it, you can't make this stuff up. You know, I mean, this is stuff that you would think that it's just some hypothetical. You know, somebody in some weird you know you know war room in a in a bad film was sitting there trying to concoct. You know, you can't even make stuff like that up because people say, "No, nah, that doesn't make any sense. Forget about that idea." But it's reality. <laughs> yes. It's, it's what really happened. You know, I mean, so, you know, that's what we're living in right now. Those are, those are the days and the times that we're living in. So. Let, me, uh, let me bring it back. And let me say, I know some of our listeners, uh, you know, Prince Podcast, yeah, we're we getting into it. We, we're talking about a lot of different things, but that's the way <laughs> it is. Uh, hopefully you stick around. I know you are, but just let me put that out there. And also let me say again, what you are hearing is, is grown men talking. So sometimes, bro, he don't agree with this, I don't agree. But we, it's all love. It's all respect. This is how we're supposed to chop it up, you know, and share different ideas. And, and, and let me guide this, brother. Let me guide it. Let me take some lessons. So that's what you're listening to. You don't get to hear this a lot. But I just want to be clear about that. But I also want to give back, too, man, because I want to make sure that we support uh, this project, uh, this album, mm-hmm. this EP, uh, I wanted to ask you, I'm going to bring it back to the, to the music. When did you start working on this? Because you said something earlier that you were doing the final mixes um, around the time when uh, Prince uh, passed away. So you, you must have started mm-hmm. working on this prior to April of this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I cut it, you know, again, I mean, the whole album was cut originally uh, with, um, you know, a live band in the studio and did it. The old, the old fashioned way, just people playing instruments. And, you know, I sang, you know, scratch vocal over, you know, just trying to get the performance, you know, and I did that probably for maybe, you know, maybe 80% of this album. And then I think there was maybe three songs, three or four songs that I did on my own, but yeah. Um, and then on, on black man America, that's Mick Murphy from the system dude that sings you are in my system. Okay. You know, that's him singing background. He's, 
he's the one who came up with that part. Um, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what it's like. He came here because um, he did a show here in L.A. And, uh, you know, he's a good good friend of mine. He came by my house, and I got a studio in the back. I, you know, we were, I was playing in the track. He said, oh, man, you got to let me sing on this. I said, you got some ideas? He said, yeah, man, I'm hearing something. I put up a microphone. Nice. And, and, and that's that little clip you saw for a while. It was a clip of him and I singing. And that's the background part for Black Man in America. Okay. And so, yeah. What's his then, name again? Uh, I'm sorry. What was his name? Mick Murphy. Mick Murphy. Do you, you know, know that song? You are in my system. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. heard this. There is a recording of Prince singing that song. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I heard it. But anyway. Yeah, but yeah. no, that's a great song. Yeah. But um, And then um, uh, on, on, on Bongo's, you know, the brother from our original Grand Central band up that me and Prince started back in our first band. You know, he um, he was out here. What's his name? And I was like, dude, because his name is William Dowdy. William Dowdy. He was out here, and, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was, you know, while I was in town, I was like, dude, you got to play on this. <laughs> you know, so I got him to play on it. And the concept, you know, which brings it around to Grand Central, too, the concept for Black Band America came from Terry Jackson, who was in our original band, because... You know, he had called me up after he had an incident. He said, man, you won't believe what happened. And I was, I was like, what? And he was like, man, I was just waiting on the bus stop. And, you know, police came, told me I couldn't lean against the wall. And I was like, well, why not? And he said, man, he said, don't worry about why not. And they tased me, man, and, you know, wound up putting him in jail. And we were talking about it. We, you know, we, we talk like we're talking right now. This is how me and him talk all the time. And so he was telling, breaking it down to me and talking about what happened when he was in jail and, just all the different stuff that I know have happened to him and has happened to me and happened to my brothers and people that I know is what the story came from. Just experiences of people that I know that have been through this stuff, you know? Wow. Okay. And I know, you know, me, you know, trying to get a job with my mom, you know, both me and Prince were trying to get a job because we got out of high school. My mom was like, y'all got to got, y'all got to get a job. Can't just be sitting around here sucking up food and heat. You know? <laughs> oh, okay. Y'all got no. <laughs> he broke it down just like that. Just like, you know, look, you got your hat and I'll get your coat. You know, but, um, but yeah, no, so I, I was like, you know, so we was going out trying to get a job. And I remember, man, I had like, you know, I had like, you know, big hair and, you know, I used to, you know, curlers and the whole nine because that was the whole vibe. So I'm like going into McDonald's going, yeah, man, why don't y'all give me that job? <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> dude, dude literally laughed at me and he said, you look like the kind of guy who would get somebody else to do your work for you. And I looked at him and said, yeah, I'd start with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had no idea, you know, cause I'd never, you know, you know, cause I, I just, I was out of my element, you know, mm. and you know, I really hadn't been around that many white folks at the time, you know? So, you know, I just looked at him as a square and, and, you know, I'm trying to think about it cause, you know, I didn't realize that he was trying to be funny, you know, <laughs> And like, you know, and it was obviously at my expense, but I'm trying to be funny right back at his expense, but I'm not the one, you know, but he's not the one trying to get a job. Right. You know, so, I mean, it was, it, it was really interesting, but you know, it's from those experiences that I drew or that I draw from, you know, because I realized when I left there, you know, and I, I remember filling out the application. I remember, you know, you know, checking, you know, where they have nationality, why they have that, I, I you know, is, is anybody's guess, but I saw black, I was like, yeah, I'm black, check that, yeah, here you go. Hmm. You know, I basically threw it at him, because he seemed like he had an attitude, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to have an attitude right back. 
you know, not realizing that that's not how you conduct yourself in a job interview, Andre. Oh, <laughs> so, so yeah, man, I almost made a paper airplane and flew it out of that. But no, um, but no, but I, you know, I mean, I've since learned that you, you know, through the Urban League and my sisters, you know, basically they've been working there forever. You have to, you know, sometimes for people like myself who really have no idea, they have training courses how you conduct yourself on a, on a, job, <laughs> on a job interview. A little late for me then. But, um, but yeah, no, so, but, you know, I realized that because when I gave him the application, he was kind of loud. He said, yeah, don't worry, we'll call you. And I remember I left, and when I got home, my mom asked me how it went. I said, no, I think he was trying to clown me. You know, and I told her what happened. You know, and she was like... <laughs> She was like, uh, look, you know, she kind of broke it down that I did everything that you're supposed to do wrong. Um, yeah, so, you know, but but my point was, you know, and I, I probably shouldn't even be saying this because it's, you know, when I, you know, coming from the perspective of the song. But I only say that to say that, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, it is a built-in, you know, bias you know, um, especially back in those days and even still, you know, when you start thinking about all the different things and, you know, you know, like one of the other lyrics in the song is, you know, I cross the street, you lock your door, clutch your purse and pray the Lord won't let me see you. Mm. What did I do wrong? You know, try to get a job on the application. When I check black for the information, they don't call you. You know, you don't know what it's like to be a black man in America. All these different things are things that either happen to me or happen to somebody oh, that I'm close to. happen to all of them, yeah. Yeah. Most of us can relate to a lot of these these things. Also, ask you too, man. So, my personal the song that I really feel on this is uh, "Hot Night in the Neighborhood." Oh yeah, that's yeah. I I was like, I can visually see it. I I just feel like that song is like, and I don't know if this is my interpretation, my twisted mind, but I'm just seeing like flames and people in the street. Yeah, and when he says, "Yeah, no, summer in the city." exactly yeah no that's exactly because well you know i wrote that right after michael brown and i was going to put it out then you know um because i initially wrote the song right after what happened with michael brown you know um and it was just i mean you know all this the the riots was happening all the you know burning stuff and so when you see flames that's because that's the vibe okay you know that was you know that was the you know it's, it's great that you see that because it means that that translates you know um you know, because you, you, you basically saw into my soul of what I was writing, you know, and so we connected on that because that's, you know, without me telling you that, that's what I was seeing when I was writing it, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and, it, and it's really deep because it is what it is, you know I mean? And, and it's, you know, I mean, you know, um, the different lore, uh, lyrics and that, you know, is like, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it just, it's profound. It's deep, and it gets it cuts right to the heart. Yeah, it's of what's it, going on. It's know? just one of them type of things where you know you can be in your area, and you know no one wakes up thinking like they're not going something is not going to happen. But it's just one yeah. of them everyday things. Like ah, oh, it's just about to pop off, and this yeah. is the kind of shit that happens. In, in, in I've lived in many neighborhoods, whether it was police yeah. situations or our own people, but. You know, walking out the door, and you, you know, my man sitting. Why are you laying on the stoop or in the stairs? Oh, that just shot me. Like, what the? F- damn, man, another. Yeah. You know, damn. Here we go yeah, that's again. Crazy. That, but, that's crazy. Yeah, but man. it is. It's only a matter of time before. You know, and I said, you know, I, and I, I had written that before that thing happened in, uh, I think Dallas. You know. Um, oh right, right. Because you know, because it's like it's only a matter of time 
before yes. people start going, wait a second, you know, because the other thing people don't realize is that, you know, I mean, because of the system that they put in place, a majority, a large amount of soldiers that went over and fought in all them wars was black, the people of color. Speak on that. Yes. So, yeah. So they came, they come back, not that they come back, they got weapons mm-hmm. and they training. know how to use them. Yep. And so in training. And so, you know, I mean, I don't think you want to go there ever because it's going to get very, it would get extremely ugly. So it's better if we just try to find out how we can work these things out. Because I mean, you know, I mean, they've been trained by the best. Yeah, that's that. And that's a problem that they don't really get into talking about. But that's my whole understanding. And I'll say this uh, here in the Seattle area. I live in Seattle, Washington. I think last week, Uh, it was a white cat, but he was in the military. Something happened. He's out on the streets. He killed some woman in another city. Now they saw him. In, he was spotted in Seattle. He was armed and dangerous. And it was like, don't approach him. He's got you know, some military training. And he's right. he's a murderer. Like something's going. And he had PSD. What do they call it? PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. And I'm like, you got these cats that's been trained to be killers, and some of them ain't mentally stable or not. You know, they hard times and they come back. Just like my man said in the message, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. Some of these cats are snapping, man. You know, but no, they are. Yeah. yeah. And you know, again, it comes back down again to politics, and then you know George Bush. You know, because that's you know that has a lot to do with George Bush, and people thinking that it wasn't you know. It wouldn't be so bad if they let an idiot, you know, be president. I see, I see you trying you know? to get at me, Andres. I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> That's called the end of round. That's <laughs> all good. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So uh, getting back to the album, though. Um, so it's the four songs. I was going to ask you this: Are you going to be uh, any thoughts on going out touring over this or doing shows? No, absolutely, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start putting a band together. I'm just, you know, um, I postponed everything because I had a whole, you know, originally the album was supposed to come out in June, uh, on my birthday in June. But, you know, with, you know, Prince passing away, I just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about, you know, I mean, you know, in this, this album, I was really looking forward to, you know, this is the album I was going to play, and, you know, said, now you got to hear this album, and I was going to do right. what we do. We right. we kept up to each other, and, you know, and this I thought would be the perfect album for him to, you know, because I really wanted him to get more involved, you know, in, in speaking out politically, because if somebody like Prince were to speak out, you know, like I'm speaking out, you know, it it can make a big difference. Right. You know, um, and so I was looking forward to him hearing, because, you know, I mean, I was looking forward to definitely to hear Black man in the neighborhood, not you know. I mean, <laughs> black man, uh, black man, America. You know, not just because of you know the lyric content, but you know some of the guitars and the guitar chords, you know, that are underneath. You know, those are kind of things. You know, like, you know, it's kind of like when I listen to, um, you know, um, I was listening to "She's Always in My Hair" because another song that I, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning. You know, um, but there's stuff underneath that you just. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you, you know, unless you're really getting into it, you don't. You know, certain chords that he hits. That I know. I mean, I know, I know the, the the thought process behind his whole approach on some of that stuff. So I can really appreciate, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know what he's doing. You know, musically. You know, obviously, besides that, you know, when you hear it, you know, you just hear it, and you go, oh, that's funky. You know, but you know, see, for me as a musician, 
you know, I want to know why it's funky. Right. And, you know, and, and when you, when you actually listen to it and you dig into it, I hear what he's doing. And then, you know, for him and I, you know, I go, you know, I heard you hitting this and I'd have my guitar and we'd be jamming. I go, when you hit this right here, I'd be like, ah, yeah, I heard that underneath there. And he'd be like, yep. Mm-hmm. And then like, I do the same thing when you hear black man in America and he hears me hit that. There's a dissonant chord I hit. I only hit it one time, but it's for people like him who would go, ooh, oh, oh. Right, right. Now, I feel what you're saying. It, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a language that sometimes, you know, artists use, sometimes we speak, you know, because we speak to the people. That's who we address first. But we also speak, you know, to, to artists who are out there who got their ears tuned to, you know, mm-hmm. that other frequency. Yeah, and I would say a lot of his materials got a lot of those little things you speak and I'm not speaking on the level between oh, yeah. your personal thing, but in terms of yeah, I hear you can sometimes I'd be like, Man, I wish this were mixed a little different because y'all can hear him playing some ill shit, but they they got yeah. this other bass line on the front. They don't have this little uh but but yeah, I hear I was gonna say I think I saw something today. Harry Belafonte uh was on CNN apparently today or last night talking about Prince mm-hmm. Uh, saying that they was uh, linking up. They were supposed to link up and do some stuff. Yep. And he was supposed to meet him the day that, unfortunately, the day he passed, I guess he was supposed to meet with Harry or something to, to, to do some project. Yep. But, yeah, y'all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah they, were, they reached, they approached me as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he's, they're, doing some, they're doing some good stuff over there. Him and Raul Roach, and I think Raul Roach is helping him run his, Sankofa, which is the name of his, uh, his company, okay. his organization. The album Black Men, Black Man, you like Black Man in America. That's uh, you can get that everywhere, right? It's, uh, I know you got Bandcamp, but it's on iTunes, mm-hmm. Amazon, mm-hmm. Uh, Google Play. Title, it's, on, it's on all of those, all the all the outlets. I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are there physical CD? I know some, somebody was asking me. Uh, they were like, man, I want to get a physical CD. Is some way they can buy the CD and all that? Yeah, you can get the CD. Yeah, you can get you can get the CD. We're going to make and this is the EP because this you know the EP is called Black Man in America. The album is coming out after the first of the year. Oh, and there'll be oh yeah, and two of the songs on the EP are on the album. Okay, as the yeah. is the album. A continuation of this style, or is this, are you not revealing what that is right now? No, no, no. The album, the album is is is, is a continuation to 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 a large degree. The album is, is going to be titled 1969. That's the year because, I was born. Again, oh, there you go. So you see, <laughs> nineteen year nineteen sixty nine was an it was an unbelievable year for a lot of different reasons, but um. But one of the, the concepts behind it is that, you know, in 1969, you know, I love music, but I didn't know how to play. Mm. And, um, you know, or I, I could play bass, but I couldn't play much else. You know, I was just learning. I think I could play horns back then. But, um, but I, was, I couldn't produce, and I really didn't know how you do stuff that I know how to do now. You know, and I couldn't just sit down and write a song and produce it and do what I do now. And I thought, you know, I mean... Time is really a frame of mind, you know what I mean? And so, you know, I mean, who says we can't time travel? We don't need Seth Brundle. You know, we can, you know, if you can cap- capture a certain kind of a music, you know, you can travel in time. And I thought, well, that's what I want to do with this album. I want to go back to 1969. 
Hmm. And see if I can, you know, if I was if I was able to write songs in 1969, these are the songs I'd write. And this is the stuff I'd be talking about, like Black Man in America, like Black Lives Matter, you know, like, you know, Point and Click, like um, Point and Click, you know, like uh, that's a song on the album, you know, um, like, uh, you know, we all need something, you know, money, some of the songs on the album that are, you know, um, you know, yeah, that, you know, that start to make sense you know, if you, you know, of that era and that time and what was going on and the kind of records they used to make back in those days, I kind of wanted to go in that direction and see if I could hit on that. So, okay. and the CP is a, is a sort of a precursor to the album. All right. We're definitely going to keep our eyes and ears looking out for that. Now, uh, in terms of appearances, you uh, see your name uh, listed for the tribute show. And uh, are mm-hmm. you doing, uh, I think, one of the dance party things or something? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, the October 13th family um, tribute that I think is at the XL Center. Yeah. I'm going to be involved in that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm also going to be involved in some of the shows that are around the city um, that the family's putting on. Okay. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, you know, the family is, you know, and I, I know people gave the family a whole lot of, um, you know, you know, issues about stuff, but the family is just trying to do the best they can right. to remember their brother, you know, um, and this is the kind of stuff that their brother used to do, their brother used to engage in, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's not like they're trying to, you know, be out there trying to, you know, make some whole bunch of money or anything like that. You know, they're just trying to keep his whole thing alive because they got themselves involved with, you know people who had to handle legal stuff. And I think a lot of times, you know, you got to do what you got to do to try to, you know, um, save somebody's legacy, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's all they're trying to do because these are people, you know, got to understand these are people who weren't in the business, right? You know, they're, you know, they're not, they don't, you know, that's not, you know, they don't understand how a lot of things work. So they're just in there trying to do the best they can, you know, and I know a lot of people will give them a hard time, you know, but no, I mean, that's why, you know, for me, look, I, I just, I'm like, whatever you need, you know, don't even worry about it. You know, I mm. mean, you know, give me a sandwich, you know, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever you need, I'm there. You know, I was okay. there for your brother for whatever he needed. I'm there for you. If there's anything I can do, you know, um, you know, um, I'll, you know, I'll lift the piano, you know, whatever you, I'm there, you know, whatever it is, you know, I, not, nothing too big, nothing too small. I, f- I so, feel that. Yeah. I'm going to actually try and get out there. Uh, that week, so uh, yeah, I'm definitely see if I can run into you. Maybe you can register yeah, me to, to vote again. How about that? Yeah, that would be. There you go. <laughs> yeah, definitely give me a holler, man, because that would be that oh, would be good. Oh no, yeah, we would, yeah, yeah, we're gonna link up for sure, for sure. And shout out yeah. to Taika uh, as well. Definitely, uh, and Omar, real yeah. cool. Omar, I haven't met him yet, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's a good dude. Andre. Let me ask you this. Yeah. This may be something we want to come back to and invite you back on the show because of time constraints, but <clears throat> you mentioned back in the 80s, you stepped away from the industry. And mm-hmm. now that you've got your EP out and you talked about distribution, how is it different now with all the modes of distribution for an artist to get his music out there? Well, it's it's difficult because, you know, I mean, the reality in trying to permeate, to try to get into the public's consciousness, it basically costs about a million dollars. I mean, that's just, 
that's just a that's just a fact. You know, I mean, it's it's sort of somewhat scientifically proven. You know, and the fact that you know you know being a producer and having managed and having been on so many different aspects of the music business, you know, I understand. You know what marketing and promotion and all that kind of stuff it costs. You know, and you have to go after, you have to target, market, and you know do whatever publications. And now the beauty now is. You know, you have online, you know, um, outlets and you have shows like yours and people who talk about stuff and help you promote. And, and I prefer that because, you know, I think, you know, yeah, everybody has an agenda. But I think, you know, I think it's a lot more pure when you're dealing with people who can understand and appreciate, you know, my music or maybe Prince's music or maybe, you know, somebody else or maybe Morris and, you know, Morris and the Times music or, you know, different things that, you know, whatever brings them in, you know, whatever makes people, you know, want to, you know, want to say, Hey, let me check this guy out. See what he's talking about, you know, is what it's all about. You know I mean? Record companies have a different agenda. You know, I just think that, you know, to address your question, it's harder, you know, because you got to do, you know, um, maybe more, you know, um, you know, more intimate situations, which I don't mind doing. I prefer doing them anyway, you know, but it's not like you get this, you know, where they pay for a big giant spread and, you know, this magazine or that magazine or this, you know, um, this publication, this billboard or whatever, or maybe put your billboard on, you know, Sunset or whatever they do, you know, you know, however they do different, many different ways on street corners, on bus benches, on buses, you know, whatever they do to get people to see that, you know, you got product out and you can automatically go on, you know, this TV show and you can automatically go on that TV show because they got clout and they can get you on there. You know, now you just got to work a little bit harder. You know, but I'm starting to finally, you know, break through some of that stuff, you know, because I'm just, you know, you got to be persistent. You know, you got to keep at it and you got to, you know, you got to realize, you know, like the last album, you know, I, you know, I did what I had to do. I chipped away and, you know, I got a lot of no's. No, no, we don't know who you are. No, you know, you know, you're just a Prince person that came, you know, used to be with Prince and all that other kind of stuff, you know, which is, you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people don't understand, you know, the story behind it. And I can't, I, I can't be mad at him. All I can do is just keep doing what I do, keep chipping away, and hopefully eventually, you know, they'll go, yeah, he's, he's from Prince's thing, and Prince was a genius, but he's saying something right here that's a different thing. Well, he's doing something here that's a different thing, and he's out here, you know, doing what he's doing, you know, and it's on a different level, you know, and it doesn't, they can coexist, like, Santana used to exist and Earth, Wind & Fire used to exist and Jimi Hendrix used to exist and Bob Dylan used to exist. Like, I mean, you know, you could, and you could dig all of those people, you know, like Ohio players used to exist, you know, and, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really interesting and, you know, people start to go, you know what, you know, just because he was in the same band as this dude or was in this dude's band where they were in the same band or whatever, don't mean that he can't be saying something that I might want to take a listen to. So, you know, I think, to get back to the question, it's hard. Don't get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, it's hard and it's a struggle. And in some ways for me, it's even harder, you know, um, because, you know, of my, my background, you know, but it's worth it. You know, I think it's worth it. And, you know, and, and the bottom line is, I don't know that I could be any more proud, which is a misconception a lot of people have about being involved in Prince's band and being, you know, involved with him just, you know, musically, you know, and, and, and being proud of that brother for what he did always, 
Mm. Always, it was always pride. I mean, every time, you know, people always try to create this whole, you know, Andre's against Prince. No, 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 no. You know, yeah, we had issues just like everybody else does. We had a couple of situations, but you know, they were they were small compared to, you know, the love I felt for him as a human being and as a musician. You know, I mean, we when we had this thing, we were in the same bedroom. We'd argue and fight about what songs we were going to play that night. You know, so we had issues on all sorts of different levels. But as friends, we had a bond that was just what it was. You know, so, I mean, you know, so other people made more of an issue of, of he and I, of our thing than he and I ever did. And sometimes in some ways, maybe, you know, because of that, you know, it may have caused, you know, um, you know, um, maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, tension because maybe we'd hear it from somebody else or maybe we'd see it on some program or something mm -hmm. like that. But at the end of the day, whenever we got together, it was like we never, we were, it was like we clowned just like we ever, really always, the last time I saw him, we had so much fun, you know? I mean, he brought a couple of bottles of champagne, gave one to my wife, and she, you know, she tore that bottle of champagne out. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it was, it was, it was, I mean, we had, you know, he brought me out on stage, which was actually quite comical, I have to say, because, you know, I don't know that I've ever felt so awkward. Because he knows how, he knows, I mean, because he knows me. And he knows that the end of the show was about to happen. They were doing the last song. And, and, and he knew I would leave because I don't never hang around and try to get caught in traffic. So I was just about to bounce, you know. And so his guy comes, uh, Prince wants you to come over to the other side of the stage. And I'm thinking, oh, cool, I'm getting ready to play. Because he was playing with Third Eye Girl. And them girls can play. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, I get to, I get to jam, oh man, what you want me to play, bass, guitar, drums, I don't care. You know, I'm like, this is getting ready to get fun. You know, there's about 5,000 people out there, something like that. And so, but I, but I, you know, he brings me over to the other side of the stage, Prince like, come on, come on. And he's playing the piano. And I'm like, okay. So I go over there and I'm standing by the side of the piano, right? And he's just talking to me, check this out. And he hits some chord and it's really, you know, it's cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm feeling that cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I'm like going. But why am I standing here like Lurch on the stage? You know, and I got nothing in my hands. You know, and I'm just watching you play the piano, and everybody's just looking at me like, "What's that dude just standing over it like <laughs> the only money?" You know, it's like it's like what? And I'm like, and so finally the song ends. He's like, "Come here, I want to, want you to meet the band," and I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, "Why was I just on stage?" And now I'm like in the dressing room with Third Eye Girl, and he's introducing me, you know. And now I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that that was embarrassing. And so now I'm like, I'm not mad, but I'm like, that was, that was awkward. He's like, yeah, you guys, this is Andre. He was my first bass player. And I'm like, yeah, and he was my first guitar player. And they laughed like, you know. And so we're going back and like, you know, he's like laughing. He's like, you know what, that's right. He was like, yeah, that's right. So we go through that whole thing, and then we wind up going to the green room and, and you know, and just, we had a great time. You know, he introduced me to the DJ and some, you know, um, I think Demaris or whoever, you know, um, different people that were there, um, the twins. Um, hmm. You know, it's just, it was, it was really cool because, I mean, every time I, you know, I, you know, I would come and, you know, and re-enter his whole thing. I just, you know, he always, he always knew I wanted to know who are, who, who, who are these people because <laughs> they're all strangers to me. So I always, I would always ask him, well, who's got your back? Because that's uh, always my first question. Uh, so who's got your back? Oh, that's Theo. Theo's got my back. Or that's so-and-so. Or that's this person. Or that's, that's, they got my back. You know, it's like, okay, cool. You know, huh. and that was it. You know, and that's how we go. 
Man, I got one more <laughs> question. And you just you just touched on something that this gonna be a I don't know, man. This might I don't know. This is a I have to ask this and I totally can respect if you don't if this is not something you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But uh I ask because I care and that's my job to do as well. But what uh, did you see anything like what still uh, to me questions? I have a lot of questions. Like I want to know why, you know what I'm saying? Like we talking about young cats. That's right. good doing good. And, but I mean like what, what happened? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I read all this stuff, whatever, you know? Well, I can, I can give you my perspective. There you go. I mean, and there's a few things, you know, because I, 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 I think I probably have the same question that everybody else might have, you know, um, you know, because it doesn't make any sense, especially when I think about, you know, from my perspective, this is somebody that obviously I was, I mean, I saw him literally every single day, night, day, go to bed, wake up, and, and, and almost every hour in between for about six or seven years, you know, so, I mean... I knew the brother extremely well, you know, so I always felt like we were, you know, we were in the same shape. He, you know, he was, he was physically always tip top, you know, mm-hmm. and never did any drugs, you know, never really got into alcohol or anything like that. Just wasn't his thing. Never, you know, none that I was aware of. And, you know, and every time I saw him, he was always the same dude, you know, and he was like, you know, he was always in tip top, you know, now, I wasn't around, you know, because he, I mean, he performed at a level that, you know, was was on another level. Right. You know, I mean, you'd see him jumping off of speakers with high heel boots on and landing and, you know, doing the splits, you know, spinning around and dropping down and stuff. You know, we used to do when we was kids, you know. I mean, he was doing that, you know, right on, you know, for a long, long time, right. for a year. You know, I mean, that stuff can wear on you. And like an athlete, if you go into any athlete, I don't care who it is, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, you know, um, Magic Johnson, you know, any football player, and you look in their medicine cabinet, they're going to have some pain pills, you know, because they didn't, you know, because, you know, they're in pain, you know? I mean, people don't think about that from a musician standpoint. You know, they just think, oh, if he's doing drugs, he's a drug addict. No. No, this man, you know, you know, performed at the highest level, you know, almost his whole career, you know. So when he finally decided I'm going to do the piano and the mic, you know, that's, that sent, sent a message to me, you know. And I had seen him not, not that long before that, you know, and he would, you know, he'd have the cane. And I just thought he was trying to be cool, you know. Hmm. I never thought it, you know, but he had actually mentioned something to me, you know, about, you know, just some stuff that, you know, I had heard later. You know, um, and he, he never he never went into any detail. You know, he just mentioned something to me, and I thought, wow. And that's the only t- time I thought, and this was like, I guess maybe a couple of years ago, the only time that I thought, wow, um, Prince, you know, pain, hurt? No. And I just kind of wrote it off, because I just thought, no, there's no way. Because, you know, I think about myself, and I think, I'm, I'm tipped up. I work out, I run, ride my bike, run around with these kids, and, try to keep up with him and do all the things that I got to do. I was just assuming he was right there in the same, in the same boat. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I heard about the Chicago thing, 
I knew something was was wrong right then and there, and that's that's when I was like, okay, and I and I reached out to all the different you know people and outlets, you know, because he created a, a a situation where somebody like me who was you know as close as I was, mm-hmm. I had to go through this sort of you know this whole you know maze to try to get hold of him, hmm. you know, and then he would you know he would usually almost always call me back. He'd always call me back. You know, it might take a you know couple hours or a day or something at the right, most. Right. But he always get back to me and say, "Yeah, what's up?" With, you know, we you know, talking. You know, whatever the situation was. But you know, when the Chicago thing happened, I you know I went to call the different people and you know sent out the message. Andre's trying to get a hold of you. You know, and and you know, you know, um, and I didn't get a message back right away. And you know, and somebody said, "Well, he got your message." I said, "Well, I need to talk to him." You know, okay. Well, let me have him. You know, I'll, I'll reach out again. You know. And they said, well, he's okay. You know, he said, he told, told me to tell you, he's, I said, I need to talk to him. I need to hear from him, you know? And it went like that for about two or three days, you know, literally, you know? And by that time I was starting to get worried. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to make up a story and tell him, you know, I need some place to stay. You know, I'm going to, you know, tell him like, you know, me and my wife had it out and, you know, right. I just, I need some place. The only place I think I can stay is if I come out to a state, can I come stay with you for, you know, just a week or something, a few days, whatever. I was going to make some stuff up just to, so I could find out, you know, because this is always in the in the back of my mind throughout the years. I always thought if I ever felt like he wasn't in a good space, I was going to tell him I need some place to stay so I could find out because you can't mm-hmm. say no because he came and stayed with me. And so there's no way. And, and I think he would always, you know, oh, he always said, hey, if you ever need something, you know, right. you know, and and vice versa. And I would always say, just like he said, you know, he's my first bass player. I use my first part. If you need anything. And I would say the same thing. Well, if you need anything, you know? So I always, from that standpoint, wanted to make sure he knew I would be there for him. So, so when that happened, I was going to go tell him I need some place to stay so I could get on, get and find out what was going on. Cause it just didn't seem like something just didn't seem right, you know? And, and, you know, and, you know, I've been in situations with him before where, you know, people around him, you know, he managed somehow to get, you know, you know, to, to, you know, get on the other side of their nerves, you know, um, and, you know, and, and it's understandable, you know, and I've had to come in and, you know, and, and kind of, you know, be that person that kind of, you know, bridges that, that, that issue. Um, and so I felt that same thing was going on. But I finally heard back from one of the people that, you know, I reached out and they sent me a text, you know, and had him send me, uh, they forwarded the text from him. And I knew it was from him and said he was cool. He was going to, you know, he was coming to L.A. and we'd get together and, you know, send some stuff. So I knew it was him and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, OK, cool. And so I thought it was good. You know, I still didn't feel, you know, 100 percent. But I thought, well, you know, when he comes out here, I'll be able to find out what's going on. You know, and then literally, um I think it was like two days later, you know, um, I got a, a, a phone call from a friend of mine, well, from Terry, you know, the guy that, you know, that, you know, I was, that I, you know, he's part of Black Man in America's mm-hmm. inspiration. He had called me up because he calls me all the time. You know, he had called me up and said, man, you, are you watching the news? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had just posted on Facebook after media and, you know, and it was because of, you know, the Trump stuff and all that stuff and the way that the media was really handling this whole thing. And so I turned off the news because normally I'm, I'm a news junkie. I watch news quite a bit, more than I probably should. But I turned it off and I started watching Alfie, you know, that old classic movie with Michael Caine. 
you know, and it was like really sad and all that kind of stuff. Something that I don't normally do ever, you know, and I'm just watching that just in some weird mood. I got in some weird, bizarre, <laughs> it was just, it, it, it was weird because it made no sense. And then, you know, you know, uh, then Terry called me and he, man, on the news, they said somebody at Paisley Park died. Mm. And I knew right then and there who it was. And I, you know, my heart just sank, you know, and, and my Terry was like, you there? And I said, it's Prince. He said, no, no, no. It, it, if it was Prince, they would have said it was Prince. I said, it's Prince. Mm. I said, who else would it be? He said, man, you know, he went into his whole, man, Prince would never, he, you know, he'd sacrifice somebody. You know, he, when he, I was like, you know, no. I was like, it's Prince. He said, what makes you think that? I said, man, you know, we went into that whole thing. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, man, they just came on and they said it was Prince. Wow. And I was like, yeah. You know, and that's how I found out. And then, you know, I got off the phone with him. And I just, you know, just sat there. And and I, I just had to try to process this thing. And it was like, okay. And then I thought, well, um, I, I canceled the session because that was that was the day I, I I picked up the phone. I called my engineer, who's you know literally my best friend. And I said, "Listen, I'm not coming in. You know, I don't know when I'm going to be able to finish this thing." Um, and he's like, "What's going on?" And and I said, um, "I just heard that Prince died." And he's like, "What?" Mm. I was like, yeah, I, you know, um, I don't even, I can't even talk about it right now. I gotta, you know, I gotta just sit here and process this thing because it doesn't make any sense. I said, I'm gonna have to first. I gotta find out if this was not some kind of a joke. Right. I said, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna call his sister. You know, and I called his sister, and she said, brother's gone. You know, and uh, you know. I was like, um, and that's been it. I, you know, I've just really been in a state of perpetual disbelief ever since, you know, um, and, you know, um, and then I told her, I mean, I, you know, I said, you know, you know, I'm there for you. I'm there for the family. If there's anything you need me to do, um, you know, just let me know. And yeah. So. See, to, to hear you talk about it, and I see I'm so far, me and other fans are so far removed, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. So I can't even imagine, you know, you, you already sort of knew, right, before it even came through the wire. It was like something funny going on. The vibe yeah. was off. Yeah, no, me and, me and him have been spiritually connected for you know i think even before we got down here you know um so because there's so many coincidences between he and i that you know i mean so you know but i'm having to come around to a different place and a different way of thinking about it because you know um you know i i you know i believe in reincarnation I believe in karma and I believe in all that kind of stuff and, you know, um, you know, past lives and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, I've seen things and I've, you know, I know things, you know, um, and so I understand and, you know, I think where he is is where he, you know, 
is supposed to be. You know, um, his father, you know, I was very close with his father. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad, but, you know, obviously there's nothing, you know, I can do about it, nothing we can do about it. Right. You know, um, but what we can do is we can celebrate him. We can celebrate his music. Um, you know, because his, you know, as I've said before, his music is his immortality. You know, his music will live on, you know, forever. You know, um, you know, he's and you know, because he's as talented as, as he is, as he was, he left some great, great music, mm-hmm. great songs, great stories, great melodies, you know, great videos. You know, um, you know, he's not somebody that people are going to forget about. He's going to be right up there with all the rest of them, Jimi Hendrix or whoever else that you know people right. look back on and think about, and you know, and you know, it's just it's sad, you know, because. You know, you know, you never you, people like him. You want to be, you know, forever because yeah. what they represent for us, you know, and for you know, what they got us through, and you know, some of us in high school, mm-hmm. some of us, you know, before that, some of us after that, and you know, we all have you know things that we remember about Prince that are you know really really special, you know, because um, he was a special person, you know, and that never goes away, you know, and so in so in many ways. You know, though he's gone from this earth, he will never be gone. He he will be forever, you know, um, etched, you know, in our lives. You know. Um, do you? Uh, yeah. I I agree with you. Do you do you um, do you move a little different now? Like looking. How do you mean? Uh, in terms of, I I feel like he still had a lot to do. You know, what I mean, of course we all do, but. Do you like, you know, you guys are the same age, um, mm-hmm. somewhat different lives, but we got people that depend on us. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I say, do you move a little different? Has, did that sort of, do you be like, okay, let me make sure my people's, my family, my children, they know what they need to know about me as their dad, as the man, or, or do, you know what I mean? Just like, do we want to make, do we, does that make, to me, like, I don't, I didn't even know him, but for me, I was like, it just makes me think about, man, I can't take nothing for granted. Like, I can't take yeah. walking out of the door, going to work, and not seeing my little baby, or calling my kids in Hawaii, or whatever. It's like, I gotta, any of this thing could be over. I mean, we should always think like that, but, I don't know, I just Well, want, yeah, I was going to say, because, yeah. I mean, I always, I, you know, it, it you know, I've, I've always thought like that anyway. I mean, okay. it, obviously... You know, I've thought like that for years because, you know, I mean, my, my mother passed. Right. Um, my brother passed. And my father passed. And, you know, I think okay. when you when you start to realize, you know, immortality is a reality, you know, you got to start thinking like that. You know, so, it, it you know, and then when Prince passed, it's just, you know, more um, confirmation that, you know, in this world, you got to do what you got to do. You know, whatever you're going to do, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Um but I've always been like that. I was like that. That's what I used to say when we were when we had our band. I was like, you know, I was the biggest mouth and the biggest advocate about we got to do our shit. We got to do our thing because you know we ain't gonna live forever. I used to literally say those words. You know, we were had our little band. You know, we got to make. We got to be. You know, we got to. We got to be. We got to get successful. We got to. We got to make it. You know, there's somebody over in California right now. They're practicing while we're sitting here <laughs> watching basketball. You know, I was just. I was always talking. And I was always talking trash, talking stuff. 
you know, um, so I've always been like that, you know, okay. I mean, and so, you know, I mean, I, the only thing that I would, that, that has changed that's any different is obviously, you know, supposedly he didn't have a will. I find that extremely hard to believe. Right. But just making sure things like that are in order. Right, right. You know, that, you know, people know. But, you know, that, that as well I've had in order for, you know, people know what I want to do with, you know. But, you know, I'm not no rich dude or anything like that. But, you know, but, you know, but I, you know, I still want people to know, you know, how, you know, what I want them to do with me if should anything happen to me. And I would just want, I wouldn't want, you know, what I want them to do with my music should anything happen like that, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of things that I, you know, I know, I don't even think, I know he wouldn't, he wouldn't agree with, you know, um, but, you know, he didn't leave a will. So people get to do whatever they want, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, and getting to your thing that you, you spoke on earlier, you know, about people being respectful to his legacy, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you got to hope people do that. But, you know, I think people, people have a different way of looking at how they were involved in his life, you know, um, you know, and, you know, I just think, you know, I've, it's been an interesting, it's, it's really been an interesting revelation, you know, to be me and to have played, you know, the part in, you know, this whole Minneapolis thing that I played, you know, to step out of it for 27 years, however long it was, mm -hmm. to come back in, you know, when I did, and then to have Prince pass away, and then to come back and reunite with these people and have conversations and, mm. and you know, have them bring me on board. <laughs> and, See, I could and, say and, something where you make it sound like, but I'm going to keep it. <laughs> But I'm gonna let it. It's just, it's just, it's an interesting thing. No, I'm just, I I'm just saying straight up. It's an interesting thing because if they actually knew, if they had any idea of who I am and who I was to this particular person and what part I actually played, you know, not just in his whole thing, but in a lot of their whole thing. You know, right, I mean, right. how they even, you know, got in the band mm -hmm. that they got into. You know, I mean, I, I realized a lot of them, they had no idea. They had, you know, and I realized that's one thing, that I've, I've, another thing that I've come to realize is that, you know, people have no idea. A lot of times, you know, you, you think people know more about you than they do. Hmm. You know, you just, I think people, you walk into a room sometimes and you think people might know more about you than they do. You know, especially even, even people in your family, people that know, you know, it's like you think, oh, you know, they know I used to play, you know, you know, um, cornerback in football. No, they don't. They think, they, you know, they might have known that I used to get this many, you know, hits in baseball. No, they don't. They they might know that, you know, you know, I was like, a, you know, a really horrible, you know, student that, you know, in high school and, and hardly ever showed up. No, they don't. You know, they might know that I love, you know, films and television. I want to be a director one day. No, they don't. I mean, you can go through the whole litany of things that people, you, you might think people know, you know, because you know this about yourself. It's, you just, that's just who you are. You know, you just, it's just part of you. And you live it every single day. So when you walk in the room, you think people know this stuff about you. Hmm. They don't have a clue. You're just, you're no different than, you know, I'm to them no different than Mark Brown. Stop. You know, or and nothing, nothing against, no, no, really nothing against Mark Brown. But you know, they don't, they probably don't see me any different than anybody else that was ever in any group that Prince ever had. 
you know, I mean, they would have no idea the history, you know, unless I told it. And, you know, and Cause it I wasn't there. Interviews. Yeah, they, they wasn't there. And, and people only yeah, know what they there. see. Right. And so they just assume that the history starts when they come into the picture. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's that's my point. That's thank you. That's my point in a nutshell. They think when they stepped in the picture, that's when the party started. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? When no, and, somebody and pioneered I, I, this for you to come in here. To, to well, do that's what this. Des did. <laughs> yeah. That was Des's perspective. You know, I mean, and, you know, I mean, but even before Des, because, you know, I mean, you know, I remember when Des was, was auditioning, mm. you know, and it was an interesting thing, you know, because, you know, Des was, you know, Des was interesting because he was like, he was very, very much his own person, mm-hmm. you know, and he was like, you know, he was like, well, I only had so much time, you know, because I got, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm in a band and we have, you know, we got a gig tonight, you know, you know, like, like my first, my first reaction is like, why don't you go do your thing then? You know, um, you know, cause you know, when Alexander O'Neill auditioned, he kind of had, yeah, yeah, he kind of had the same thing. It's like, you know, it's like, but I remember having a conversation. It's like, yeah, yeah. He seemed a little, you know, like he was all about his thing. I said, but can you imagine if we had three front men, mm. you know, you know, in a band together? I mean, you know, you, me, him over there, you know, just filling in that side. You know, it's like that covers the whole stage. You know, we got this. You know, we go out and do gigs, man. We, we, we can't lose. We got a front man on the left. You got you in the middle holding down, holding it down. You got me on the right holding it down. And we can't, we can't lose. You know, and so it wound up being the reality. But, you know, I mean, a lot of people just don't understand that. You know, a lot of people have, they just, they just don't know. And see, I walk in knowing that, but I don't say it. I'm like, I don't wear it. You know, I'm like, hey, I did, you know, I, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, even Mark Brown, you know, just having the conversation with him, he had no idea. He just, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's like, and I, you know, and it's probably for me, you know, because it's like, you know, it's not really, you know my thing, but it's like, I just didn't realize, you know, I didn't, you know, didn't know that he didn't know that I sent Prince down there to go check him out. Because, <laughs> you know, obviously me and Prince were close, you know, and y- yeah, I quit. I was like, look, I can't do this anymore. You know, this ain't my thing. Nothing against, you know, I, you know, he's like, well, you know, I, I got to do this. I gotta do this. How are you going to leave me? I said, I'll find you a bass player, hmm. you know, and I went, you know, because I was always going around the city, always listening to these, always checking out groups. I saw a group, saw, you know, saw him in the band. I said, you know, there's a group playing down at, you know, uh, I think it was a place either called Duffy's or it might have been somewhere, you know, 7th Street Entry, one of those clubs. I said, go down there, check him out, see if you like him. I think he's, he plays a lot like I do, you know. Hmm. Next thing I know, he's got the gig, you know. But, you know, ain't like Prince is going to go say, well, Andre told me to come down here and check you out. It ain't, right, that ain't right. never going to happen. You know, so people just have no idea, you know. And so, you know, so when I, you know, so when they call me in to, you know, so <laughs> to, to, yeah, well, we wanted to, you know, have you be a part of this thing, you know. It's like, and but we just want you to do, you know, uh, whatever, I don't know, party up. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, um, it's like, but, you know, it's, you know, on one hand, it's almost an insult. But on the other hand, I can't be mad at them because they don't know, you know. 
They don't right. know. Well, so, you know, like you said, you know, for them, the party didn't start till they walked in the door. So, you know, um, and I think that's but, something you, you, know. you find with the Prince stuff. Now, again, I'm an outsider, but just looking at it, he had so many different people come through, you know, at a certain mm-hmm. periods and different things. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, I think for with yourself, man, to me, it just looks like, you know, they calling you because on 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 one level, they know what he was actually the guy that helped build it on whatever our understanding of that is. So even if we don't really know what to, what to do with them per se, you can't really legitimately call it a tribute or different things like that if he ain't on there. Because then the people who, like some of the fans are going to look at it and be like, how come, you know, how come Andre ain't there? How, you know what I mean? Like, where's right. this? Yeah. So, it's, it, so I, can, I can understand. It. I just think when I look at that show... I just see where you can see why he shined through because it's from the essence. It was as if my man was already up on stage with him or something. It's just that that energy is there. So I think when you have like the revolution and different, and again, I'm fans of all of them, but I'm just saying like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, they had super success, you know, at that particular time. So so I get that. And I have to, yeah. And I have to say, you know, I mean, playing with those guys was fun. I mean, you know, you know, playing with those guys, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting enlightening reality. Um, you know, and it's going to be interesting because it's, it's, you know, if this thing happens the way I think it's going to happen uh, October 13th, that should be a blast because mm-hmm. it's the MPG, you yeah. know, and those guys ain't no joke, man. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Prince had really, really, you know, from what I understand, from what I know, from what I've seen unbelievable musicians you know i mean he knows you know i mean just like i know you know uh what you know what kind of musicians you want to have and you know what caliber because you know and i think that's the thing you know when you say you know you know when i was on stage doing whatever me and prince our bar is the same you know Mm. i mean you know when i was in the band i was basically the, the the um the musical director you know because he knew, I mean, you know, when we were in Grand Central, I was basically the musical director because my bar was way up here somewhere. It's like, we got to be, we got to be, we got to rip their, you know, you know, effing heads off. Because that's how I was even, you know, before I was in anybody, before I was in Prince's band, we were in our band ourselves. I'd be the one saying that. I was the one saying, we got to go out here and we got to rip their head off. And I don't want, I want everybody leaving here saying wherever they play we going to see him. And that was my attitude, you know, when we were Grand Central, you know. And, I mean, that's my attitude no matter what I do, you know. Um, and so when Prince started his thing and, I, and he said, man, I really want you to be involved in this thing, I was like, okay, but, you know, we got to go kill it. <laughs> right, you know, right. my attitude never changed, and it never changes, and it never will change. And so I think when you say that, it's because, he had to, when we got together, that was one of the things that made us even click because he was the first person that I had ever met that when I used to say, I want to be this, I want to do that, you know, everybody else I would say that to would laugh and I'd say, man, I'm a, I can't wait to get on the stage with your Jackson 5 and show them what real musicians are like, <laughs> you know, and I would just talk all this trash, you know, you know, and just, I was like, you know, Bundini Brown. I was like, you know, the hype man, you know. And, you know, but that's my, that was my thing. You know, I was just always, no, we got to do this. Now we got to, you know, I was always 
you know, hyping, you know, man, we got to go, man, we got, we can play better than those guys. Those guys ain't no good. Come on, let's go see if we can get them off the stage. They'll let us play. You know, and I'm the one who, you know, kind of just talked us into all kinds of different gigs. You know, and battle of the bands, and ultimately it was the battle of the band that we won that got us the studio time, you know, that got us, you know, that got us to do the, the sessions at Moon Sound, you know, that got him to real hear quick, all of us. Can first. I ask you about that real just, just you just brought it up. Is that, yeah, I I'll assume just, that's you, you, Prince, and I don't know who's the other player, but there's this whole, like, CD worth of music. It's all instrumental. Mm-hmm. Is that that's from the moon thing? Is that you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, that's not from the moon thing. Oh. That's from Peppy Willie and '94 East and Goofy. But I mean, it's, it's, it's all there's instrumental. There's another instrumental thing. That's that's the thing that we did um, when uh, Prince, you know, finally decided to do a record, um, and we were trying to put some different uh, band members together. Um, and at the time, we had auditioned some different people, some different drummers. Mm-hmm. We wound up doing some sessions with Bobby and some other people. Oh, okay. You know, at, uh, our, you know, at the time, Owen Husky was managing, and he had a studio. So go. we cut stuff there and did, you know, did a bunch of sort of jazz, fusion-y yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. Me t- uh, real yeah, quick, just to tell you real quick. I, I have, you know, they got that out there in, in the world. But I play that at work. Mm-hmm. Cats yeah. come up to me every day. Who is this? Yeah, this yeah. is this some like sudden they be thinking you know, I'm like man, I'm like dude this is some Prince and and uh, some, uh, this is like early shit they be like oh yeah when did this come out I said, man <laughs> I said them dudes was cold yeah, it never man. came out yeah <laughs> yeah it was well they're talking about putting it out which I you know they were asking me if I would give my per- permission and I'm like yeah man put it out you know because it should be out there I mean because that that stuff I mean you know because Prince was you know again that was on another level and that's a lot of stuff that people don't understand that right. we were in the I mean, we were into stuff like that. Y'all was already we were, doing that, and that wasn't even yeah. that was before like all the stuff came out. That's when I tr- when I listened to them, like they was already at that level. Like these cats was a problem. yeah no <laughs> yeah no that was when I'm telling you, man. Well, you know, I mean, one of the stories that you know, I I I did this thing for um, CNN, and they had asked me, you know, they gotten bits and pieces of some different information. You know, people always get this stuff and have It's always half half right and half wrong and you know but i was there you know so i mean i you know i know exactly what it was and you know i ain't crazy yet i mean i might wind up being crazy one day but i ain't there yet but um they were talking about well what was this thing you know carlos santana you know you guys went over to a birthday party and i'm like what (laughs) i was like no it wasn't a birthday party so well what happened i said well you know owen husky was managing us um and you know we had uh and and he was actually friends with this guy that managed Al Jarreau and some other groups, and they were having a concert in San Francisco because we were uh, in San Francisco making Prince's first album, and so um, you know we were at, we were backstage, right? You know, and it was like Santana and I I, I think uh, you know I think I forget who else was playing. I think it might have been Al Jarreau, but Santana and somebody else, a few other people, but mainly Santana was the main people we wanted to go see because we were big, big, huge. Santana fans, you know, we used to play their stuff when we were, you know, when we were Grand Central. So, um, so, you know, I mean, this is how, how much of a Santana fan I was. I never, ever bought stuff like, you know, the whole, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, where you, you know, catalog order in the catalog, you know, um, I forget what they call that, but, you know, or you order something from the catalog and you, you wait for it and send you in the mail, mail order. Mail order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
they had these Santana boots in the back of, you know, I don't know, one of some magazine or something where you could send away for some Santana boots. I actually did that. Now, if you know anything about me, that is way out of character. <laughs> you know? But that's how big of a Santana fan I was. So okay. we were backstage, and I was I had to go to the bathroom, right? So I'm like, you know, you know, doing what I do anyway because I'm a little bit of a you know of a wanderer. So I'm wandering backstage, and I'm going, you know, and so I'm wandering around. I'm looking for the bathroom. I finally go to the bathroom, and I on my way back, I look, and it was like one of the Mean Joe Green in the in the you know that that commercial. You know, where he's like the Coke commercial. Oh, right, right. That's it was school. like that. I look and I, I see the Santana dressing. I see the, you know, the door. It's like Santana. I was like, oh, my God. And I'm like tripping, right? You know, and I'm like, that's Carlos Santana's, like, you know, dressing room. You know, and so I go and I sort of peek in and I see his guitars. And I'm like, going, oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, snap. That's shit. Oh, that's Carlos. That's his guitar. And I'm like tripping, right? And all of a sudden I see, I see, oh, you like that? And I look. And it's Carlos Santana. Damn. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're beautiful, man. And he's like, you should play it, man. It plays like a lady, man. Play it. You play? <laughs> I said, well, I, I play a little bit. And he's like, go on ahead, play. And so I go, I pick it up, and I start playing a little bit. And, you know, he sits down and starts playing. You know, and now I'm, I'm tripping even further because now I'm sitting here playing with Carlos Santana. And so I said, well, you know, I, I'm really more of a bass player. You know, I can play guitar. He said, oh, play the bass, man. There's a bass right over there. So I pick up the bass and I start killing it because, I mean, like I'm saying, you know, you talk about that tape. That was when, when, when we made that. I was at the height of my whole, you know, thinking nobody could touch me on bass. <laughs> so I started killing it. And Carlos Santana is freaking out because he's like, I was like 17, right? And he's like, this little 17-year-old kid is killing the bass. And he's like, oh. And like he's like trying to keep up. And I'm like popping and snapping and, you know, and hitting you know, all kinds of different notes and sliding and, you know, just killing it. You know, playing everything that I can, the kitchen sink. You know, and then Prince comes in and then their band comes in. And before you know it, it's like a jam session. And Prince comes in, he starts killing it. And so we're all just, it's just like the ultimate jam session, right? Wow. And so the next thing you know, you know, it goes around that, you know, there's these like two little 17 year old kids, man, that came in and just killed it at Carlos Santana's, Carlos Santana's dressing room. Wow. So, and they invited us to come and, and jam uh, at the keyboard player's house. You know, so we go and we jam there and then you know, we wound up, you know, meeting the Escovitos and the whole nine and all of that. And so, yeah, so, you know, Damn. it's, uh, it was, but they, you know, they came in with the story and had the story all twisted around and, yeah. But it was Andre. beautiful, man. It was so cool. Yeah. Andre, um, I'm a bit of a guitar tech dork, so I apologize if you, if you don't mm -hmm. recall. But when you were in the dressing with Carlos, this was mid-70s, correct? Yeah. Yep. Was he, was he late, playing yeah, late. late 70s? Even better. Was he playing yeah. that Ibanez artist guitar with the lady on it? Was that the one? Yeah, well, it, I think so, because I'm not a big guitar especially not then I, I I was extremely far from it but it was an, I, I'm almost positive as Ivanette's because it had that body and it was beautiful I mean he had yeah. about four of them they were different colors and different whatever I, you know whatever the nuances were I have no idea but he's you know but it looked they looked like tailor made for him you know like they were you know whatever I mean you know he probably had them designed or whatever you know I have no idea I know they were beautiful and he was talking about they played like a lady you know um <laughs> And at the time, I could play guitar, but I wasn't, you know, 
I wasn't going to be trying to play guitar in front of Carlos Santana. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just wasn't going to do that. You know, I was like, oh, how quick can I put this thing down and pick up something I'm comfortable with? Hmm. And so, you know, luckily he gave me the opportunity to do that. Now, about those sessions um, in the Chris Moon studio when you guys were first getting started, uh, it's been mm-hmm. released, revealed lately, you know, through various different interviews and whatnot, that Maurice White was asked to produce the first album, and Prince said no. Is that really accurate? I think so. Um, but that didn't have anything to do with Chris Moon. I think that just when, you know, when he got his record deal, um, they they were like, well, you know, their first thought, kind of like they wanted John Travolta to play him in Purple Rain. You know, I think their first thought was... Um, yeah. Uh, the first thought was like, well, we got to get somebody with a name to, you know, and, and at the time Maurice White was hot, you know, he had, you know, um, you know, uh, Denise Williams and, you know, and all the different house shoots and obviously work, Earth, Wind and Fire and, you know, and, and, and there was a connection, you know, so, you know, so, I mean, it, it would have made sense, except he didn't want to do that. He wanted, you know, he wanted to produce himself, you know, um, and I think that was one of the things when, when he was looking for a record deal. Um, you know, um, he wanted to go with the label that would let him produce himself. That's why he said on, you know, on American Bandstand, you know, and they asked him something. I think Dick Clark asked him something about Warner Brothers. They, you know, they, you know, I could produce myself, you know, and they go with the hand on the hip and all that. You know, um, that was that was what that was all about. So, you know, and Warner Brothers let him produce himself. They, they said, well, hey, you know, and it was like the whole thing was, you know, predicated on, you know, so they said, well, we'll market it as him being a one-man band, you know? Which, and, you know, that's... Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, were you there for the whole first album in terms of in the studio with him? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every day. Yeah, we went out to... We did it in, in San Francisco. What? And that's when this whole Santana thing happened. Yeah, it was okay. just P.I., uh, the, the you know, Prince, myself, um, Owen, his wife, and the engineer. Was there? And we all lived in the same house for you know till the album was done, and we mixed it in Los Angeles out here. Was there a time when uh, <clears throat> I think I was reading this where they I, either it was uh, I mean maybe we talked about this with Shaka Khan or Sly Stone were they ever in that studio when you guys Sly Stone yeah that was a, that was hilarious because we were doing soft and wet um, and he was putting down the you know the putting down the keyboard part. And who comes sliding in the room but Sly? And, you know, I mean, part of the reason why we even wanted to do it, you know, in South Salido Record Plant is because that's where Sly recorded his albums. I mean, those were, mm-hmm. those were, those were, our, those were our gold standard records. Mm-hmm. You know, anything Sly, because we used to play all of that stuff. You know, I mean, if you want to know where a lot of that funk comes from, it comes from, oh, you, you know, playing a lot of Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, um... But Sly comes sliding in. It was the funniest thing, man. Because we're like, you know, we're, I think we're 17, something like that, 18, maybe at the most. And we're like big, big, huge Sly fans, you know. So, you know, it'd be like, you know, if, you know, some up-and-coming band saw Prince come, you know, sliding right, in right. the studio. You know? mm-hmm. But he, he came sliding in, and, and he was like sliding on the wall with his head right by the wall. And me and Prince are looking at each other like, that's Sly. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But what the fuck is he doing? I mean, excuse my language. I'm like, but what is he doing? You know, 
And, and Prince looked at me like, I don't know. <laughs> so we're like, you know, and so we're waiting to see whatever he's doing. He's sliding around. Finally, he turns around. He looks at the keyboard. He said, what is that? And Prince said, it's an O'Brien. And so I said, I'm going to have me one of them tomorrow. And then he just went out. That was it. <laughs> you know? And wow. we were like, and we, we looked at each other like, did that just happen? <laughs> that was wow. last song. And we were tripping, man. We were tripping about that for a good little minute. But I think um I think Chaka Khan was in the studio across from us too for a minute. Okay. You know, but we were, you know, I mean, yeah. But we were just I mean, we were, you know, we were just, nobody knew who we were. You know, nobody knew who he was. Certainly nobody knew who I was. So, you know, we were just kids. Wow. And it was funny because years later I met Larry Graham, you know, who had mentioned something about, you know, because I was doing after I had released my first album, and I was um, I was doing a, um, I had to do one of those. They used to do these sort of uh, these music conventions, like the Gavin Convention or whatever it was called. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that in years. Gavin, Jack the Rapper. Yeah, remember those things? Yeah, Gavin Jack the Rapper. Yeah. Something like New Music exactly. Seminar. One of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to go do one of those things, and they wanted me to do a track show, and I refused to do it. And I was like, I'm not. You know, I'm a musician. I'm not going to go pretend to play nothing. So I, I I went there and they were all mad at me because I wouldn't do it, um, but I had to go do it anyway. So I just went there and, and uh, Larry Graham was there, and he said, "Man, aren't you playing?" And I'm like, "He said, aren't you playing?" And I'm like, "You're Larry Graham." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I was like, what do you mean I ain't playing?" He said, "Man, I, they, somebody said you were going to be playing," and I was like. Mm. How do you, why, you know, how do you how, know why me? Would you, yeah, how do you know me? Said, Man, I heard of you. And I was like, what? You know, and it must have been from that San Francisco thing, you know, um, because he, you know, all those guys are from San Francisco, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, from what I heard after that, I heard that was like, I mean, it was, it, reverber- it reverberated around the whole community, the whole thing, and you know. Um, but, and I was just tripping that he even knew who I was because I was, I mean, Larry Graham is my guy. <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, I mean, that's, that's, you know, all of his stuff. I mean, you know, hair, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you, you know, that's the ultimate bass, you know, you know, part bass song period for me at least. But, um, yeah. That's interesting, man. Cause I, I was saying a couple of weeks ago, the ultimate Prince tribute with respect to Stevie wonder is if they was to somehow get sly to come up there and if he, even if he oh, just yeah. did one song, yeah. but if he did it, that yeah. would be the code. I'd be like, okay. It's it's funny you should say that because, you know, right when they were first starting to do stuff like this, and I, you know, said no. I actually said no to all of it at first because I just thought it was way, way too soon. Um, but um, I thought, you know, the only tribute that would make sense would be, you know, not doing print songs and doing songs about you know songs with people that he really you know um looked up to mm-hmm. like sly mm-hmm. like larry you know like anybody left at ohio players <laughs> like you know um you know i mean because those are the groups we like earth wind and fire i mean you know and this is before you know i think you know well maurice had passed away you know which is yeah. you know which is you know, again that's, that's another you know, one I, yeah that's another one that you know people and david bowie and people just mm-hmm. you know i mean it's just sad when I think about, you know, because these are like icons and people that I really, really looked up to. You know, I mean, you know, obviously Prince is, you know, literally was my best friend 
So it's just, that's, that's just blows everything out of the water. But, you know, it's just, it's anyway. Yeah. But that, that would be, that would be, but you know, I mean, Sly is, you know, Sly is in a different place, you know, and, right. you know, cause I, I know people who know Sly, you know, um, that would be a beautiful thing, but it, it, it's, it's probably not something that would happen. Yeah. That, it, it would be, be a dream. Yeah. It would be, I, I it would be a dream. It would be a dream for me. Sly, what do you, you know, I mean, that's Sly is somebody that, you know, I wanted to produce and work with back and Jesse wound up working with him. Right. But I wanted to work with him because, you know, I, I, I understand his kind of funk. You know, I know that language like the back of my hand, you know? And so that would have been, you know, that would have been, you know, that would have been a project people would still be talking about, I think, but you know, <laughs> hard to say, don't know, didn't happen. So, right, right. but yeah. all right. Real last. Don't get me wrong. That that album. I'm gonna I'm gonna make. You know. I know a lot of people have to think about. You know, me doing rock and roll and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I mean, that's just something that you know. I, you know, I, I have to claim right now for a minute. Okay. But I'm gonna make that funk album. All right now. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh no, I'm gonna make that funk album, and it's gonna be like. Oh, you you had amnesia, huh? Okay, I might even call the album album amnesia. Hey but, man. No, I'm gonna make that funk album. That's day one. Name your price. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yeah. You know, Andre, yeah, it is, it's so cool, Andre, that you were at the record plant in Sausalito because I'm a Bay Area kid. And uh, I've been there back when I was working, you know, as a roadie. So I would pop in there from time to time. And just walking mm-hmm. in there, it's one of those places like, when you're a Bay Area musician or in that field, it's one of the places that you have to see, like going to the film, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. And you were in there at such a young age, man. I am so envious of yeah. you. Yeah, no, it was. And in fact, Sly had a bed in the back that was, I think it was Lips or something like that, something crazy. <laughs> man, it was crazy, man. I'm telling you, it was, but it was a vibe, you know, it, it was a vibe and it was what we went there for. And that's what we got, you know, and, hmm. you know, we cut that album. That first album was cut there. You know, jump nice. things off. Uh, the last one, uh, we did a show about this a couple of weeks ago of eventually Hollywood will get around uh, to making the Prince movie, whether they should or that, that's a whole other thing. But I'm just curious, and this would be for fun. But who, who's going to play? Uh, if it was up to you, who, who would play Andre Simone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it'd have to be a casting call. <laughs> you know, but you know, yeah, it's 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 going to happen, and 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 if I have anything to do it, do with it, it's going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing film. You know, because people just have no idea. You know, there's so many things, no idea about. And, you know, the thing is, is, I was right there, and and you know, and the thing is, it wouldn't be you know um, a print story because you know, I mean, that wouldn't be that's not my job to tell somebody else's story. But a story told from my perspective, mm. you know, um, that is my job, you know, and I think that, you know, I think for anybody who really, you know, would be interested, you know, in knowing, you know, how things, you know, go from point, go from zero <laughs> to where they could possibly go, mm-hmm. it would be an amazing story. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, who knows who's, who would play me, who would play my sister who would play Prince who would play anybody else that might be in a film like that. 
you know, just have to do a casting call. And, you know, if I were involved, I'd make sure it was, it was people that, you know, because I know the people, <laughs> you know, I know who and how it, you know, it would make sense. You know, and I think, you know, in fact, I probably would have to be, you know, I would want to be extremely involved in every aspect of it because it's kind of hard to get people who've never, you know, um, you know, been more or less a rock star. Mm. to try to direct somebody, to tell somebody how to be a rock star, how to be a, you know, um, the kind of musician that I was, that's for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, how do you tell somebody to be somebody <laughs> like me if they don't know anybody like me? Right. You know, um, how are you going to tell somebody to be somebody like Prince if you didn't know anybody like Prince? Right, you know? right. I mean, yeah, you can stand on the outside and say, oh, he was like this, but this is still, that's filling in a whole lot of blanks that you ain't going to do nothing but get it wrong. So, you know, you know, it, it's it's a great story. It would be a fantastic film, you know. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I think people would, you know, first of all, I think people would really enjoy it because it, would, it wouldn't be, it would, I mean, it's just a story that people would just have no idea, hmm. you know, um, from the perspective that I would tell it from at least, you know. Um, and it would just be fun, you know. And, and it would be like I was talking about before where, you know, Black people have, have to have other stories to be able to relate to, to understand, you know, that when you come from where we came from, you know, because I was from the projects, you know, he, he was from, he, you know, he was from a, you know, upper middle class black neighborhood, which is great. I eventually got there, you know, and, and was the riffraff. <laughs> but, but the reality is, you know, we came from nothing and, you know, obviously got to where we got. So I think that's, you know, people always like rags to riches. Right. You know, I would tell it from my my perspective, and my perspective is definitely rags to riches. <laughs> you know, and then back down again, and then back up, and then back up. But hey, that's a different story. <laughs> 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 it's crazy. The life of a the life of a G, right? <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Well, I tell you what, man. Uh, make sure you protect your legacy because they're gonna come calling, man. And 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 the the key point is what you said: the narrative. And where it's coming from, and uh, we got to have real cats involved to tell the story to make sure it is told right. And with love, yeah. man, that's that's my main thing. I didn't need to just see the love coming through. So it's not just a check. It's not just the opportunity. It's like, nah, let me sh- let me yeah, show no, you yeah. my man. Let me show you how you know what I mean. So yeah, because you know the reality is, there's going to be people that are probably going to tell stories that weren't there. Right. You know, they're oh, yeah. just trying to make some money. And they just, you know, I mean, you can't, you know, I was there. I was there literally every day, definitely in the beginning, you know. And in my opinion, that was the most interesting part. You know, mm-hmm. it's always, you know, once you get successful, I mean, you know, and I mean, you know, obviously there. And then when you get to, you know, because some of those Rick James concerts were not easy. <laughs> You know, I can already see that but, part in the movie too. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that, that was that was the heavy lifting. That was the heavy lifting. You know, um, but you know what? You know, it's what got it's it's what had to happen to get from point A to point B. Right. You know, I mean, you know, so, you know, I mean, it, it was it was it was a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, to to have two kids coming from where we came from that had dreams of doing what we was doing, mm. and then realizing those dreams. You know. Right. I mean, you, you, that's what American dreaming is all about. That's mm-hmm. that's it. You know, you, there's no better story than that, you know, to a certain extent. I mean, there's always, you know, a better story because if it's somebody else's story, it's a better story from their perspective. 
But from my perspective, you know, it's, I know where I came from. I know how rough it was. I know what we had to go through. I know, you know, so many things that people have no idea about, you know, and people that were involved and people that came in and people that went, blah, 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 and how people, other people that came in and had careers and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, I know all this stuff. I know what happened. And, you know, I mean, I'm not interested, you know, not that there is any, but I'm not interested in telling any stories about anybody, you know, uh, issues or anything like that. You know, for, for one thing, really, there weren't any issues. It's just about music, you know, and about people that were dedicated, you know, and had a dream and, and realized it. And that's hmm. a beautiful thing. Yeah, and, no, you know, I, I mean, I hear you, man. I, yeah, I, 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 I just I think about it and I just, yeah, go ahead. You no, know, I was going to say, man, and I just think for us as people, we need to see. Like, I need to see, you know, like your mom and I need to see the fathers and how all that goes into playing into that, you know, because that's, you know, what I mean, that's to be the powerful stuff to me to see like, okay, here's why the the ethic is this way. or Here was the love and here was the nurture to to give opportunity for these situations. So that's when you get into that inspirational type of stuff. It's like, okay, yeah. I didn't even know about that person, but oh, that person's yeah. brother, that person's sister, they used to, you know what I mean? So that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, I see why he was, I see where he come from, you know, I see why that makes sense now, okay, and then maybe here's yeah. where, you know, so. But yeah, you, got, exactly. you can only have that if you got people such as yourself. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and some of it is, some of it are conversations. It ain't all about just jumping around on stage. Mm-hmm. Some of it's about conversations. You know, life lessons. It's 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 a it's a, there's a lot of things that you know that go into making a great story, um, especially if it's real, and you know if it really happened and it did. So. All right, Mr. Andre Simone, my brother, man, thank you so much for coming on this show. You're welcome, and sharing, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, man. Also, listen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have to go out and support this album, this EP, Black Man in America. Go on and get that, man. For me, like I said earlier, it's day one. You just you buy it on GP because we, that's what we do is support our own people. And if you're a fan of the, the Prince music, if you're a fan of good music, you're a fan of Andre you just get it on GP, man, and go on and soak it up. We sit down and listen and we soak it up. You know what I'm saying? Listen and get in there. And so that's what we're supposed to do. This, You know, we talked about distribution and, and, and music. Only the time we're going to have the music we want is if we support it. So I yeah. want people to make albums and music and projects like this that speak to or something. Even if you don't agree with yeah. what is being said, listen to it. It's a different wavelength. It's a different perspective and what you might have you might walk away with something for it you might learn something so that's why i'm saying go out and get it um and check it out um let's see also real quick uh man i gotta thank you uh on air because i remember this might have been last year uh d'angelo was coming to seattle man Mm -hmm. you reached out and was trying to help get me to go see that show that really meant a lot to me bro so i just wanted to say thank you for that man Cause oh, me, absolutely, that yeah. was one of them things. Like, like yeah, I've been on the show, but I was like, yeah, I really know me, know me like that. Like, that's a good love, man. That's how that's a real cat, right? That's a, a thorough dude, man. So, much love for that. Uh, big sexy and sack, man. Uh, where can they find you? And if you had any other last words, 
<clears throat> well, you know, our listeners know they can find me on Facebook under uh, Mark Wiggins and Twitter under Big Sexy the Sack when I'm not in court doing my thing. Um, yeah, I do have one more question for Andre, if he doesn't mind. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and Mike, you touched on this a little bit earlier, and so we talked a little bit about off-air. Andre, when you were putting together this EP and the subject matter, which is so relevant, so mm-hmm. current to things right now, and I'm listening to it, and during this song, Black Lives Matter, there's a portion where you say, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm not going to butcher your lyrics, so trust me on that one. But you say, you know, red matters, brown matters, white matters, black matters, they all matter. And the way you delivered it with this conviction, it's mm-hmm. missing in, in music right now. How can we get more of that? And you mentioned Curtis Mayfield. How can we get more of that mindset back in popular music and away from this boy band and prepackaged drivel that we have now? Well, support people like me. Because <laughs> right. you know, I think if you, if you support people that are doing it, then it will inspire other people to do it. You know, if people say, oh, people, people want to hear stuff like People want to support stuff like that. You know, then people will go out and say, oh, well, if I want to be supported, I got to get involved. So I think that's one of the ways you do it. All right. There it is. Shout out to uh, Q Storm. He had to drop off uh, and left, but shout out to him. And thanks for joining. Uh, Mr. Andre Simone, where can the people find your music, sir? You know, you can get it at uh, Bandcamp, Andre Simone, Bandcamp.com. Um, you can get it at, um, I think you can get it on iTunes. You definitely can get it on iTunes. Um, it's, it's pretty much everywhere. You know, um, different way of looking at a band camp. It's just directly artist direct, direct to the people, direct to the artist. iTunes, you go through the iTunes thing, but then that becomes the thing where people go, oh, people are buying it on iTunes. Oh, we, we, we got to have him on, you know, uh, you know, um, the Jimmy Fallon show or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And it goes into that. So okay. we're trying to get that kind of thing to happen. So, you know, if I get on any of those, those kind of shows and they actually let me, you know, talk about some of these issues, you know, that, that'll help, you know, get people to say, you know, Hey, maybe I need to get on there and do that condition you was talking about, you know, but, um, but yeah, you know I mean? I, I think you can get it all over. All right. Shout out to Katherine Anderson. Gotta shout her out. Uh, she's holding you down shout very well. Catherine. Definitely shout out to her. And shout out to the listeners. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. I hope I hope we gave y'all what you was looking for. We made this a meaty <laughs> one. There's a lot of good stuff going in there. There's a lot of this back and forth. You know, I had a great time at a ball. Uh, shout out to all my peoples that's gonna be in Minneapolis. Minnesota in October the 12th to the 14th um, it looks like I will be out 13. there 13th yeah. so I will be out 13, there yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make the tribute show but I'm going to definitely get out there and chop it up and hopefully we can set up some uh, a big meetup with all the listeners that would be real cool uh, but with that I thank you for listening as I always say work it like a job we'll see you next time peace alright alright